Welcome in. It is Jobbing Out, episode number 15. Glenn Clark, glennclarkradio.com. Aaron Oster, the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone with you once again to go around the world of the WWE and all things professional wrestling. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. And, uh, Aaron, I know that that's uh, all you care about in the world anymore is uh, getting your monthly WrestleCrate and, and then bragging about all of the awesome things that you got that I don't have. And that kind of makes you a little bit of a jerk. It, it, it's a jerk, but it's a jerk for a reason. Yeah. And, yes, I am counting the days till my next crate comes. should be only a couple weeks away at this point where I'm going to get a new action figure probably. I'm going to get a new DVD. I'm going to get a, possibly a piece of signed merchandise from Jerry the King the Lawler. King. The King, and who knows else what else I'm going to get, but it's going to be awesome, and you probably won't have it unless you go and get a subscription, which you should. I'd really like for your autographed piece of uh, memorabilia from The King to just be a picture of puppies. Like actual, like puppies, puppies you know, yeah. right? Like I just like that. To, I mean, that would be fantastic. Do you get it, right? Like, yeah. That, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. All That'd right, be that, great. That was bad shtick. Let's do better than that the rest of the show. <laughs> WrestleCrate.com is where you can go right now. Packages start at just 15 bucks, and we got a code for you. Oh, yeah, J.O. sent me. J.O. sent me. If you use it, you get 10% off your WrestleCrate subscription. And as I've said over and over again, think about the graduating high school senior in your life because they're about to go off to college. And uh, speaking with experience, there is nothing better than getting a care package every month at college. And when you're a wrestling fan, getting a wrestling care package every month, uh, that's even better. So WrestleCrate.com right now. And uh, those guys are great. Appreciate them. They're uh, they just signed up for another month of hanging out with us here on uh, Jobbing Out, and we like that a whole heck of a lot because we like them and we like their product. So that's a cool thing. Coming up a little bit later on today's show, we will talk to the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels of Ring of Honor. Big Friday night ahead on iPay-Per-View. You're going to check out uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. Uh, although we don't know if that match is actually going to be well, broadcast. On, on right? the pay-per-view, they're facing Red Dragon for the Ring of Honor right. Tag House. It's the next night in New York okay. City okay. where uh, they're doing the TV tapings, the big match, uh, the Addiction, the World Tag Team Champions of the World. Which I love. Uh, against AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in what presumably will be Samoa Joe's last match probably ever in Ring of Honor. Which is crazy right. to think about. And then, of course, those three, they have such a long history in TNA. Kazarian, you know, was involved as well. And, um, I mean, honestly, I'm thinking about going up just for that show, just for that match, because it would be so cool. I probably won't just because I'm busy, but I, I. But you're busy? I, I, I got work. What are you talking about? I got work. It's crazy. But for right? work, you talk about wrestling. I know, but there's, there's other work stuff. Oh, Lord. Like, any of that matters to you. I know. I know you. I know. Yeah, you're the guy that's like, Dude, there's this house show in in uh, Tennessee. It's in Murfreesboro. I know. I know it's tomorrow night. It's really sudden. But like, what do you think? Just get in the car and drive down there. Well, speaking of that, you want to go down to Richmond to see Global Force <laughs> wrestling in a month or so? No, but um, I mean that should be great for all the fans. Of course, it's in New York City, so the crowd's going to oh, be it'd nuts. Be and, insane. And Where is it, by the way? Where, it's, what's it's the venue? It's in uh, what, like Terminal Five or something like that. I oh, can't remember. okay. I don't um, know exactly yeah. what that is because every every time I had been to a Ring of Honor show, it had been in. Either the Hammerstein or the Grand Ballroom in the Manhattan Center, but I guess that had gotten too expensive, so they're now doing Terminal Five, and never had a chance to go up there, but I'd love to at some point. And uh, yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor killing it right now. They just moved to Destination America. They just showed uh, their TV tapings from the Ring of Honor New Japan stuff, and now they're doing the pay-per-view. They're doing the next set of tapings, and they're going to be here in Baltimore 
for uh, Death Before Dishonor next month. So awesome. Great time for them. Awesome. They do this cool thing in Terminal 5, by the way. They do this like basketball event there. It's a cool-looking place. It's just, it's just neat. The optics are really neat, so that's a cool place for them to be going. All right, we will uh, get to Christopher Daniels a little bit later on in today's show. Let's start right off the bat by going over a, a big weekend, big Sunday night, big Monday night in the world of the WWE as we sort of combine our main event and our last Monday night segment because we got a lot to talk about that stem from uh, the pay-per-view and from Monday night. No, I, I just want to make sure. We don't have a pay-per-view this coming weekend, correct? No, I don't think so. Is AJ calling in this week? I, I don't think oh, so, but I, I, just, I, I got so confused. We've been having so many pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah, I will say this, right? Together. There was this moment on uh, Monday night when I was watching Raw where um, – at, right at the end when they announced, and we'll get to Brock Lesnar, uh, but when they announced that Brock Lesnar was going to be the opponent for Seth Rollins, uh, Michael Cole said the following line, that's right, coming up in five weeks, and I was like, five weeks? You can wait that long? It's kind of amazing that they felt the need to, to you know, stack all those pay-per-views together and now right. five weeks. I don't five think, weeks? Can they handle five weeks? That's a real question. No, 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 no. In two weeks, they're going to announce a, a random special out of nowhere. In two weeks, they're <laughs> going to bring back the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and they're going to do it in, uh, I, in I, June. I, I, I was thinking Kettle of Hell 2015. Wow, that's not bad either. What are some other defunct events that would actually be great? Punjabi Prison? That no, wasn't an event. No, no. You're, you're no first about... of all, it wasn't an event, and there was the Punjabi <laughs> Prison was terrible. It was terrible, mostly because it involved the great I mean, Khalid. Honest. Well, didn't it not end up not involving like, well, him? He got pulled out because he got sick or he got steroids or he got hurt or something. Is that true? And it ended up being Taker Big Show instead. Oh, my God. Yeah, but um, Great America, honestly, it's, if, it's they, if they and wanted You know what the thing is, Aaron, too? Some people think you're a nerd, and I don't understand that. I, I, don't, I don't get it either. Yeah. But honestly, if they were going to run away, it would probably be Great American Bash. Oh, right. Yeah. That's definitely the answer. Yeah. Dude, there's totally a chance that they just do it. it, it they it, just get they get itchy fingers, right? Possible. They get itchy fingers, and they you know they don't do it involving the title. They do some weird whatever they end up doing. Pool, pool party match. Well, you know the, the funny thing about them saying we talked last week about the possibility of them doing these sort of one-off specials is that we are both in agreement that they're awesome. You just yeah. have to have you, you, you need space. You, you need them to make sense. You can't announce your plans for Battleground and then suddenly throw in a pay-per-view in between right. now and then or right. a, a, a WWE Network event. Right. That just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Also, why they felt the need to span out the NXT events so much? Like, aren't we at the place with NXT where they could do one of these a month? They, and they thought about I remember in the uh, release that they had about um, probably back in February or March, it, the release, I guess, errantly said they're changing to monthly specials. And I guess the idea was they didn't want to potentially kill the product, dilute the product too much. Okay. And and I get that, though you would think they could at least do it every two months instead of every yeah, three months. Yeah, honestly. Whatever. Honestly. All right. Let's, Money uh, in the bank. Let's, let's, yeah, let's look let's back before looking forward here. All right. Do you want to start Money in the bank? I'd rather start with Monday night because I, I – it all, it all ties together. Yeah, so. but I, I do think – um, whenever Brock Lesnar is around, wrestling immediately becomes that much more important. And it's sort of an albatross right now that WWE is dealing with, is that they have this character that exists, that really exists, not exists like The Rock exists, where he could manage to show up a couple times, and it's a big deal when he's there. But he's a real part of the right. fabric of what they do, but yet they have he's, him he's, so infrequently. He's, he's an irregular regular. And, and But that, to me, is a bigger problem than the Rock well, scenario. Here's, here's the question, though. Is the reason he's such a big deal when he shows up because he's not there every I time? Don't, I don't think that's true. I think it's because he's Brock Lesnar. I, we don't know, though. I, if, if he was there for... 
let's say, 40 out of the 52 weeks for the next year, would we get a little bit – not necessarily tired I, I, of it. I hear what you're saying. Would you be jaded by his opinion? Like just yeah. sort of like, hey, it's just part I, I, I don't think that it becomes I, as much of a must-watch. I, I sort of disagree with you only because they don't have to have him at Raw every week. They could use him, as we've said all along, they could use him on a handful of Raws, maybe one Raw between every pay-per-view and on pay-per-views, and Paul Heyman can do the rest of the work, and he could be around in a real part of the show at all times and be a very big deal when he's there to perform. Um, it's almost a little bit more awkward now when he shows up, and, and literally you can't have him do anything physical. Like, you just can't have him because you have to pay him for that. Right. The, the, it's very clear. I think we learned that in the build-up to WrestleMania. If he does any sort of physical activity in an appearance, you've got to pay him more for that than what you have to pay him just to show up. And so on Monday night, we have another scenario where Brock Lesnar shows up and nothing physical now. But I thought it was a perfect segment, the, that the, being said. The storytelling ended up being pretty good. It was a little awkward I think that you're, you're approaching sort of a moment with the Seth Rollins character where you're not really sure what he's going to be in two months. And, and I think that there's a reason for that. I, I don't think that's unintentional. I think that is very much intentional. I, but is it – this is the question I ask. Is that unintentional or is that intentional because they're trying to set something up or is it intentional because they're not exactly sure what Seth Rollins is going to be I, in two I months? I think they're planning on turning him face sooner rather than later. So how do you do that if you, you brought back Brock Lesnar? Well, you, you pit Seth Rollins against the bigger heel than him. Okay, but again, remember, when Brock Lesnar left, he was I'm not, not a heel. I'm not talking about Brock Lesnar. I'm talking about the guy he... You're saying Triple H. I'm saying Triple H. Okay, so you're saying that you set up SummerSlam to be Seth Rollins' Triple H. Yeah. Which that could be... That, that could and I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with it because I, I, Seth Rollins is such – I mean, he's such a good heel that they got mainstream press for him being a heel That's on right. Monday night. Uh, because he uh, trashed jo- Johnny, Johnny Idiot face. Yeah. Oh my god, that was it's so such good. a dumb line, but yet you're like, so good. damn it, that's tremendous. By the way, was there anything more perfect than Johnny Manziel sitting in the front row of Raw with a Miz shirt? Yeah, it was pretty great. I mean, just, that was pretty it, great, right? There, there's nothing more perfect than that. But anyway, by the way, the WWE, how many times have they lucked out where they've been in the right city at the right time? Oh yeah, like they just happened to be in Cleveland as LeBron's about to, you know, yeah. lose the NBA it, finals. It's they can kill him over that. Remember, they were in Green Bay the week the Packers won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they just happened. Green Bay is a city of like a hundred people, right? And they just happened. They, to be they doing, weren't in Milwaukee. They were, well, they, they were in Milwaukee on Monday night, and, and then they and were in Green true. Bay for SmackDown. Remember? Well, I remember. Or was our, it? Ma- I maybe did, it was Madison in Green Bay. I, I remember our truth came out and said Milwaukee, and he got booed out of the arena because I, it was Green Bay. I want to say they did two shows in Wisconsin that week, so they were able to play up the Packers thing all right, week. Right. But they were one of them was definitely a hundred percent in Green yeah, Bay. Right. And that's not a place where you ever go for anything. Right. But yet they just happened to be there the week that the Packers won the Super Bowl. And maybe, maybe they're, oh my God, maybe the WWE really is scripting the rest of of professional sports. (laughs) It sure seems like it with the way professional sports is going. Son of a bitch. I mean, I mean, could, 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 I mean, how else could you imagine the Cardinals hacking (laughs) the Astros? I mean, that's straight out of WWE, right? That's a great point. But going back to Seth Rollins and him being a heel and, you know, all that good stuff. I think that's where they're going. I don't necessarily agree with it. Either way, his work on Monday, his facial expression when Brock's music hit and he came down, I mean, you could just read his face. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run out of here. It right. wasn't, oh, I'm, I'm about to. Do me a favor. Just turn our main down a little bit, if you would, please. I apologize. I just looked up and noticed that. It's fine. Everything's fine. But Yeah. Um. It, it was the the exact imp- impression he wanted to put on, which was, oh no. Yeah. Just it, it was just, oh no, 
Brock is here. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. And and I think that in that way the storytelling really worked in that moment. But when you have someone, the physical specimen of a Brock Lesnar, it's just frustrating to not be able to use him in a physical way. Um, and that was disappointing to me. Again, not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. Everything's fine. Just disappointing that when you have that guy, you can't use him in that way. But in, in I think that even if they could, I don't know that they would have. I think that it's good to space out when you, he you destroys. You think so, though? I, I do, especially in that situation where... But I don't know that you have to have him destroy someone. I just think it's the idea of... And it would be tough Monday night because, again, the entire uh, authority is abandoned now Seth Rollins, but to have somebody that he destroys on Monday night, the last thing we saw from Brock Lesnar, the last time we saw him on was television, destroying was Stephanie. destroying everything in his yes, path. Yes. And so he goes from that to a guy that does nothing physical in his next appearance on television. He just stands in a ring. That's a little bit tough for me. Again, But him smirking while he does I, it, I think, I, worked. I hear you. It worked. I'm not, I'm not saying it was awful. I'm just suggesting that you maybe could have stood to benefit a little bit from having Brock do something physical in that moment because... And maybe he does it next week. Maybe he does it next week. I, I, I hope that this isn't a case of we got to wait five weeks, that they just don't want to pay him for any sort of physical right. confrontation whatsoever, and we end up having to wait five weeks. I'm not suggesting they're going to have him have a match on Raw between now and then, but you do something where he reminds everyone of why he is the beast incarnate. I mean, here, here's the one thing, just for the build of the match, Rollins versus Lesnar, you really can't have them get too physical, because you want that plausibility in there that, that Rollins, Rollins could beat actually, but not, necessarily hang even, on. not necessarily even beat Lesnar, but, you know, right now, you just looked at them standing next to each other, and it was just like, oh, oh my yeah. god, Rollins oh, right. is going to get killed. Correct. You don't want to just keep adding on the impression that, oh my god, Rollins is going to get killed. You don't? Because no. that's sort of the storyline here? Well, the... This, that's if, if it's sure if it's a David and Goliath storyline, but I don't think they quite want it yeah, to be a David I, it's and Goliath. It's funny you say that because I don't know that it's as much David and Goliath versus like you are now a lamb to the slaughter. That you yes, are, but but you want the lamb to the slaughter. You want you want to see him going down the conveyor belt and getting ready to be killed and being scared of the of the the big okay, bad monster. But that's at why the I think that tunnel. you have to have the big bad monster show exactly how dominant he okay, is. Okay, but not against Rollins. Okay, I didn't say it had oh, to be Rollins. I, I, oh, and and I, I get it. It's awkward right now because Rollins has no allies. He right. has no allies because you've abandoned the shield. Now, could next week Rollins go crawling back to J&J or go crawling back to Kane and say, I desperately need help? Oh, yeah, It'll I mean, be it, interesting it, to see it, how it, they play Lesner that out. If Lesnar throws around J&J, oh, that would be great. I, well, who doesn't want to see more of that? That sounds like it would be a great time. Actually, I would prefer that they have Joey Mercury pin Brock Lesnar oh, well, because that would be phenomenal. Oh, when, when they said – when the first thing Triple H said was – no, it's not going to be Joey Mercury facing a battleground. I was just like, well, I was just like, you lost my 9.99, right? <laughs> I wanted. Joey I need more Mercury. Joey Mercury in my life. Um, but I, I thought it was great. I thought that I my one concern going in was how is it going to be when you consider Stephanie was the one who suspended Brock? Yeah, and they don't, have they didn't address that. Well, they and didn't, but they they brought him back in a logical way. It, from Stephanie's perspective, it was okay. We and Triple H, right. we need to bring back somebody who is truly going to be the the you know the big boss at the end of the video game for right, Seth Rollins. Right. So it, it made sense for them to bring him back. But I still again, it's they one should of these, have mentioned it. It's one of those minor complaints we have that we the last plot point was a suspension indefinitely right. because he literally damaged employees that had nothing to do with right. his situation. He harm. Uh, uh, 
employees that Michael Cole, JBL, right, correct. cameraman, correct. all those guys. And so for them to not mention it at all yeah. was a little bit. Now, they can correct that a little bit by on Monday night. They'll, obviously, they'll start with some speech from Triple H and Stephanie to start the show. Right. And Stephanie can tell the story. Here's why we ended his suspension. It was just a little bit awkward at but, that but night. I, I feel like they, they implied it enough where it wasn't like, wait a second, why on earth would they be going back to Brock Lesnar here? This makes absolutely no sense. They implied the fact that we needed the biggest test we could think of. It doesn't matter who it was. We just wanted a huge test here for Seth Rollins. So we're going to bring Brock Lesnar back. Yeah, I hear you. I, I mean, again, I hear you. I'm not – they're minor complaints. Right. All, all in all, I thought it was fine. It's just that these are the little things that you sort of jump out and say. It doesn't take a lot to have the conversation where you say oh. – Clean this up a little bit, and then it's there's no complaints at yeah, that point. I, no one can complain about to, it. To me, I thought it was just it was going to be completely awkward. They made it a lot less awkward, so I was happy with it. I guess the question now becomes: Brock Lesnar left as a face. If you have him aligned with the authority, is he aligned with the authority though? Well, right now, kinda, because they brought him back. But now, that doesn't mean that doesn't al- that doesn't mean that they have to align him that way for the next four weeks. Right. But then, how does the authority play into this thing? Because clearly, the authority right now is not on the side of Seth Rollins. It's, it's, it's a very odd because they are in between with Rollins, what they're doing with him, what they're doing with the authority. It is very odd as to the face heel dynamics and, right now. And that I don't like that. I've never liked that. It all depends. I, I'm not willing to say that. Like, if it was just two tweeners going at it, I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing. And I think, you know what, Lesnar's going to get pops from between now and uh, and huge pops, arguably the biggest pops of the night between now and Battleground. So I think that he's clearly established as a face. The question is, but, what is Rollins? But can that continue to happen if Triple H is sort of doing the clapping thing as he well, watches? Well, and, and that's the question. And I, th- I think that might be an more, almost more interesting because you don't just have clearly, you know, monster face Lesnar tearing things up. You have that little shades of gray in there. Don't think for him specifically that would necessarily be a bad thing. Especially, I mean, my question is, what are they going to do with him? You don't. You assume he's not going to win the title. That might be a faulty assumption. But okay, I assume the same thing. But how do you have that happen? Right. How, how do you go about accomplishing that? And, and that's the question. Is what, how is he, yeah, that, is that it is as easy as question. saying you just have Seth Rollins get disqualified somehow, some way? Is it as easy but, as? But then you would presumably have it at SummerSlam, and if we're assuming he's moving on to potentially Triple H or someone like that at SummerSlam, um, it, it's a very odd question. And I think the most logical solution, especially if Rollins was going to stay heel, and this is going to tie into the other big thing we have to talk about, right. is you have Brock Lesnar take the briefcase. I think that makes for incredibly. You already. So have you're having a, him face Sheamus at SummerSlam yeah. for the briefcase. Yeah. I hate that. Why? One because I don't think that Sheamus. First of all, it's part because I hate that Sheamus got the briefcase. So we'll start with that. Okay, but now that he has I hear the briefcase, you, he has it now. I don't. I, there is nothing to me that's compelling about Brock Lesnar versus Sheamus. Oh, I, I think that's one of the most compelling. I, I, I couldn't disagree more. Sheamus has not been a performer in the last few years. It should be anywhere near the level of Brock Lesnar. Okay. The match, it's, and, and this isn't going AJ here where nothing matters except the match, but I'm saying as far as possible opponents for Brock Lesnar that could create compelling Could matches, it be interesting because he's a hoss she- and he could Sheamus go in and be physical? Is, I think you could make the argument that as far as people that uh, Brock Lesnar has not faced yet, Sheamus might be at the very top of the list. Is it? Really? I, I think you're talking about two you mean fairly in, You mean Brock Lesnar in this version of himself or ever? Because I mean, in this version of himself, Randy Orton, I think, would be at the top of that list. 
Uh, I'd rather see Sheamus than Randy Orton against Brock Lesnar. See, I, I can't, I just cannot. I, I just, I, the, the idea of two fairly athletic hosses, just the two, arguably the two stiffest workers in the business right now, just going at it for 10, 15 minutes. It just sounds awesome to me. I, I hear you. I, look, <laughs> it just sounds absolutely I, awesome. I hear, I hear that argument. I'll continue to go back to. There's no way that you can convince me that Sheamus is a, even with the briefcase, that he is a legitimate Brock Lesnar opponent within two months when he has been a, a nothing player. He's been a, it's, a, it's weird. irrelevant. It's, it's, I mean, let, let's just talk about it. That was one of the most shock. That was possibly the most shocking moment since uh, Lesnar beat Taker yeah. in WWE. That was crazy. You know, that it, was insane. It was it was crazy, but only in the we were all so convinced it was going to be Roman Reigns. Even that if it wasn't Roman Reigns, honestly, if I was power ranking the people who I thought might win, yeah, Sheamus would have been second on my list. Oh no, I I had Kofi ahead of him. No, I had, no, and, and Vegas agreed with me. Well, Vegas is nuts. They're <laughs> basing mean, that off the Brock Kofi thing, which right. But um, you know, I had Kofi ahead. Of him. I had I I think Orton was the only. I had Kane definitely ahead of him. I had Neville ahead of him. Okay. Well, I definitely wouldn't have had Neville ahead of him. I might have had Kane ahead of him. I, I, I might have ranked it. I, I think Orton is the only guy who I wouldn't have had ahead of him. Everybody else in that match, I would have put ahead of Sheamus, just based on how they had been using him, based on what his character was. It just it made so little sense based on how they had portrayed Sheamus up to that no, point. Except for it always makes sense to have a heel carry around the briefcase. Okay, but there were three heels in that match. Okay, I know, but Kane is 100 years old. But he actually has something going with Rollins. Or with Rollins, it would have made some sense there. You know. You oh, could, I agree. I, I, I. Again, the only one that I possibly could have said uh, between, if we accepted that Roman Reigns was the top choice, the only guy I could have had ahead of of Sheamus at that point would maybe be Kane. But that's only because of the Seth Rollins thing, not because it would have made any damn sense for Kane to be carrying around the briefcase. That made no sense. Sheamus is a very logical choice because he's a heel that you can interject back into the championship picture. But it makes way more sense interjecting into the championship picture than it does interjecting him into the Brock Lesnar picture. The championship is here. Brock Lesnar is about six steps well, above but, the championship. But it's, it's Brock Lesnar bringing him into it. It's Brock Lesnar wanting something desperately that Sheamus has. Uh, so, but, but, but again, that that makes no sense to me. Why? Brock wants the championship. Yes. He's Brock Lesnar. He gets a championship uh, match. He should never, ever... Have to be involved with the briefcase. And you know, Brock Lesnar walking around the briefcase is the greatest have, idea ever. You're going to have the briefcase off of television. You're going to have it's the the okay. Think about just what at this moment in time there is nothing that gets a Craig and this kind of makes your eyes open wide more than hearing the the riffs. I understand. Of his guitar. Add a briefcase to that and just just picture with me here. Let's say Rollins stays here. Let's say Rollins has the title a while longer. And Brock Lesnar just tormenting him with with the music. But he's not going to be there. Well, we don't know exactly. Yes, Aaron, okay, we okay. know he's not what, going to be okay. there. Uh, what if he shows up once a month? I hear you, and you just can make it. Once a month. First of all, I doubt we're going to get that. But Probably second, not. second of all, I need the briefcase on. The briefcase is too good on television because it's that all time. But Sheamus, risk. We, we don't assume. Well, we assume Sheamus isn't going to cash in anytime soon. Probably not, because so, it doesn't so need if, to be a logical if way. We're, if we're taking the briefcase out of the picture for six months anyways, 
you know, why not? But you're not taking it out of the picture. It's always there. But we know it's not going to be cashed in. You're saying that. But if Roman Reigns were to become the champion at SummerSlam or something along those lines, then you have the ability to have Sheamus sort of always reminding Roman Reigns, hey, don't forget, you've got that title until I decide you don't have it anymore. Yeah, but who's more exciting reminding you of it, Brock Lesnar or Sheamus? If he's there, Brock Lesnar. He's not going to be there. And again, you would be devaluing the briefcase would devalue Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's value is because he is the most important thing that exists. I disagree with that. He is so much more important than the title. He's so much more important than the briefcase. He's not more important than the title. He's going after the title. He's not really going after the title. He is. That's what he cares. No, he's got beef with Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins broke up the the WrestleMania issue. I think it's he's going after the title. I remember AJ said this last week how Cena just happened, or that the the title happened to be there and he wanted Cena all that time. Eh, I don't think I disagree. So. I think that AJ is right about this. I, I don't if you go back and look how they presented that, it was Lesnar wanted the title shot and Cena was the guy who was in his way. Nah, I it, don't. it wasn't presented as because he had no beef with Cena. Why did he have a beef with Cena? Because Cena's the guy that was was painted as the top guy when Lesnar is obviously the top guy. It also was the title shot. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was the title. He was going, he was presented. Paul Heyman said that Brock Lesnar was going to retake his property. He hadn't been champion for so long. He was coming back to get his title. It was. Then why did he wait that long to go after the title? Go back to – I mean, that's just part of the Brock Lesnar problem. But that, that to me, is the, the picture of the Brock Lesnar character. The I'm Brock Lesnar over character the past, – Over the past 15 It was months, more important for Brock Lesnar to face Triple H than it was for him to go after the title. Yeah, for the past year, the title – It was more important for him to go after the streak than it was for him to go after the title. It's been more important for him to do anything than it has been for the title because I'm he's Brock Lesnar. For the past year. You're right. There was the time when, when Cena – when he first came back and he was going after Cena. You're right. That was the – Brock Lesnar wrecking machine that wanted to go after specific people. For the past year, he's had his sights set on the title. The title has been important to him. I, and that is the Brock Lesnar that we're getting right now. And I, I, I believe that is the Brock Lesnar I, that we're I, getting. I wholly disagree with that. And if it is the case, then again, it's a it's a poor use of Brock Lesnar because you do not need the title anywhere near Brock Lesnar for Brock Lesnar to be the most important person on the face of the planet when but what's he shows wrong, up. But what's wrong with having the most important it's person It's not the end of the world to have him be in the title picture, but it, it wastes – the other guys that you could have in the title picture. Remember the resentment towards The Rock was that The Rock didn't need to be in a championship match with John Cena. There were other guys that you could put Bro- in Brock that. Brock Lesnar is a little bit of a different situation than The Rock. Because the Rock he's around was, a little bit more yeah, often. Yeah, because The Rock was going to be there for three months and then he was gone. But and you we can't pretend that. like Brock's, it, again, if you But Brock is there for the next three years. He's not there the entire time for the next the three years. And that's the problem. The problem is you can't stomach the idea of another scenario like you had last fall where the championship was gone. For four months. And for all we know, we, for all, that's the thing. We don't know that. For all we know, he might have gotten a few more dates in there. We might have a situation where he's gone Maybe, for, but he signed a three-year deal, and then we didn't see him for the next three months. Right. That's not a good omen for what you're no. getting out of Brock Lesnar in the next three years. No, but then again, he didn't have the title. I understand that, but he's you only got – the only dates hey, he's, you have he's, – he's, let's, let's put it this way. He's here earlier than he was last that's year. That's fine, but the only dates you have for him right now are through SummerSlam. That's right. it. That's well, all you've got for Brock Lesnar. I mean, we assume that he's going to be there otherwise. I but don't. You don't? I do not. You, you think he's gone to like Brock, Maybe. Well, no, the Rumble. Rumble. You know what I mean? Like that. So, so he's gone for six months after SummerSlam. That maybe he shows up in there at some point, point, right? Makes an appearance once, but right. that's probably about as much as you're getting for him. 
that he's around to make WrestleMania and SummerSlam more interesting. That's the reason why you have Brock Lesnar, is because it guarantees that your two most important pay-per-views have a legitimate headliner involved. If you can get others, you know, if you can get a match with The Rock, wonderful. But you know that your two most important pay-per-views of the year, you are getting the biggest star of stars involved in a match and a storyline. If you're if you're making him in, let, let's just compare this to The Undertaker. If, if we're if we're doing something like that, where he's no longer ca- caring about the the title, you know, he is going off and he's just coming back and getting involved in random feuds. He's in his own little bubble. Does that, you know, for the next three years, does that start to hurt him a little bit? Does it start to hurt him, perhaps? But he's still Brock Lesnar. I, I, I he's I'm always because the he's guy, always the UFC champion. He's always a national champion in, in amateur you, wrestling. You he's talk, always those things. You talked about how Sheamus is not on his level and he shouldn't be facing Brock Brock Lesnar. Without a tangible reason for a bunch of people to be facing Brock Lesnar, who can he face right now? He can face Randy Orton. He can face Randy Orton because it would be legitimate. Right, he, right. He can face Randy Orton. As far as guys he has, so take out Cena, take out well, Triple You H. can still sell Cena as a guy. I, that, I don't want to see Cena Lesnar for. I don't want to see it now, but at some point you could still oh, have sure, there be. Remember, that? the last time we saw it, there was unfinished business there. Yeah, but if you're right three years, I don't want to see Cena Lesnar. I'm not telling right you right now. I'm not saying that. I don't I'm saying see that, it that in, can in still the next exist. Year. Fine. I probably don't want to see it in the next year either. So who could is you he? get the WrestleMania next year and see Cena Lesnar again? I don't probably. Want, I mean, if you're talking, but you've never had Cena Lesnar at WrestleMania. But I don't want to see Cena Lesnar at WrestleMania because you're so desperate to see Cena do what instead? I don't anything but Cena Lesnar Part Seven. I don't know if it's seven, but yeah. Well, let's it's, see. It's it's twice when he first came back. Right. Okay, so it's part. No, it, well, okay, so it should have been part six. They made the one a triple threat match, but it is the sixth pay per view encounter involving Lesnar and Cena since uh, Lesnar came back. Okay, so the, the rest of the list again. You have Orton, who yes. again I think is compelling. I think okay. that Randy Orton is the most compelling character you have because you can make him the most important guy on the card, and you can make okay. him a guy that doesn't make a matter on the Correct. card, and it doesn't really. It, nothing changes from okay. week to week, what you can do with him. Uh, so that's always a possibility that you have there. You have all three members of the Shield. All three of them Dean are is not Dean is not Lesnar level. He's just been in the championship Dean match for the a, last two pay-per-views. And, okay, and Sheamus is money in the bank. That makes him a main eventer. If you're, if you're using that no, level... No, no, no. He hasn't been in a main, main event. He, but, okay, so he will be. He will At be. some point he will be. I mean, right he, now he isn't. He, I, think, I think Sheamus and Dean Ambrose are on the exact same level. I disagree right now. That Sheamus has not been... Two years ago, Sheamus was on a much higher level than Dean Ambrose. But the way you've used Sheamus... Sheamus hasn't always been on the card at pay-per-views. He just hasn't. Well, neither is Dean Ambrose, for that matter. I, he had, like, one when he took off to do a movie. I mean, other than that, he's been on the I card. That. Now, that being said, he's not always been in the main event until the last three months where you've had him in the main event. Right. Now, look, if you're going about to punt Dean Ambrose back down the card, then you're right. He wouldn't be in Brock Lesnar I, I, territory. I, I think Sheamus and Dean Ambrose are at the same level. I, I really do. I feel like there's enough cred there for Sheamus. You know, he, he has enough history there. There and was he's once holding upon the a br- time. And he's holding the briefcase. You're, you're elevating the briefcase. You're right. Case. I am elevating the briefcase. I think the briefcase is equivalent to... It, it's the second highest title on the card. I hear the argument because the briefcase is the guy that's going to be the next champion, right? That, that you, right. You're the, you're the champion. I mean, he's facing Randy Orton. I'm, I'm it, going it, to be know, a champion. He's, he's on the same level as Randy Orton right now. Okay, but again, Randy Orton's the guy that's going to be the most important guy on the card or can be nothing on but, the card. But, but you're saying that Randy Orton is, no, no question about it, Lesnar level. Because Randy Orton has been a rock star. 
Randy Orton doesn't have I mean, a much Randy more Orton significant hasn't been a history. Rock star in a while. I, I understand that it has more significant history, but I feel like you're really nitpicking if you're saying that both Ambrose and Orton are clearly ahead of Shield. All three members Meanwhile, of the Shield they're, they're are at a different level than everyone else right now because they're a part of the Shield. That's just the way it is. We are so much more interested in those three guys because they were part of the Shield than we are anything else going on with the card. That's just the way it is. Okay. They, we loved the yes. Shield. The Shield was so I don't know effing if that's, great. But I don't know if that's Lesnar level. Um, I think that because we've seen all the other guys face Lesnar, that Ambrose gets to go along with that too. <laughs> all right, but okay, so let's 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 just give you that. Who else? Um, no, it's it's fair after that point, yeah. right? Like who else? The answer would the next answer would probably be that Kevin Owens would be the guy that could slide into that role. That we think he's such a hot okay. commodity at the moment okay. that he could continue sliding would, into the which, role, which would be really fun. It would be amazing. Would of be course, great. it would be. It amazing. would be awesome. That that the way you've treated him has been rock star. Yeah, he has not had a moment where he's been belittled, even though he lost to John Cena. And we'll get to that. He hasn't been belittled on a card. He is still treated right now as though he yes. is a rock star yes. within and, and, WWE. And if, if, Lesnar is super face and Owen stays super you. It's a perfectly natural matchup. Correct. It yeah. would be, and again, you got to keep it that way because you can't, if you do the same thing where all of a sudden Owens gets bumped down the card yeah. and he's facing right. guys that aren't, then all of a sudden you can't sell me on it anymore. Right. It's Owens right now because right now Owens comes off as a rock star. Right. So there's your list. It's five, six guys. Right. 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 You're only having him face two guys a year. I mean, if you're talking about going through SummerSlam, then Rumble, and then Mania. And you're assuming that a couple of those are against the same guy. You assume that. I, I mean, again, I think that we, it's almost a... If we're assuming Rollins' age, which is a... It's still a distant... Right. You know, a rumor at best. Um, but it, it seemed like, you know, based on what they're doing right now, it seems like that's the way they're going. It's logical, it's, it's, yes. It's definitely logical. Uh, the only thing that's illogical need, about it is that... Well, the only thing that's illogical about it is they shouldn't be turning Rollins right Correct. now. Correct. They shouldn't be turning Rollins. And the, there's a couple other things that are illogical. If if you're building towards Triple H, then he should have fought Kane on a pay-per-view at some point. Well, that Like, too. he should have had you, – you, you get the Triple H through other guys, well, right? Well, may, may, maybe that's the um, – you know, like, one of these Raws is going to end up being a something to kind of bridge the, the Money in the Bank fallout to the true battleground – uh, build and, right. and maybe so the, the the either the one in DC or the the one on the first July the first Raw you have uh, Kane versus Rollins there. Okay, that could be it. I mean, yeah. that could be it. But you you th- that to me makes no sense that you sort of take him out of the authority if you're ultimately having the the big showdown and, and, be and against for, the guy that's for, the leader for, of the authority. You know, they, they could change their mind completely, and of course, and, and he rejoins, and this turns out to be a whole big gag, and they're just going to beat up uh, Brock Lesnar at Battleground, which could be really interesting. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. <laughs> that, that would be really interesting. Let's, let's go to Seamus for a second, and then we'll, we'll grab a break here. Um, look, I'm not, as I said, I'm not opposed to the idea of Seamus having the briefcase because it makes sense for a heel to have the brief, briefcase. I'm opposed to Seamus being a champion right now. I'm opposed to the idea that that's that you're you're elevating him. I just think it's such a reach she- Seamus, for that guy. Seamus is that guy who. Is a great company guy. He's a great steady guy. He doesn't put on bad matches. He's, he's just a very steady guy. And you understand why the WWE he's so uninteresting. The, and that's the thing. You understand why the WWE wants to reward him with something like this. You understand why the WWE wants to put him in these positions where he is so high on the card. The problem is that you know it was like what they did with King of the Ring with him when when he won it. Is they just thought, okay, give him this, and the mantle can and him and the mantle can carry him. 
through all this time. They just – I don't know – part of it is just they book him terribly. They do. They book him really, really badly. If he comes back, he is the, the bully. He's the, the mean guy. He's destroying Dolph Ziggler and Daniel Bryan and Neville, and he's destroying this. And then he wins the briefcase. I think we have a very different perspective about this right now. If, yeah. if, if he's this wrecking ball right. coming in. But he's just this guy. He's been irrelevant. He's, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's just been there. He's the guy with the goofy braids in his beard. Right, and that's it. And, and I was so interested in him as a heel because I thought so little of him as a face. Like right. He was just so uninteresting right. to me that I was like, thankfully, it's something else. And then I realized I'm just not interested in Sheamus. So, so I, I, I hope that... Now that he has the briefcase, and, and the problem is that most of the time the guy with the briefcase, they think that the briefcase can get him through, so they have him lose a bunch of matches. And they have to realize this time around they can't do that with Shane. They've already screwed up a little bit. I, I don't like this feud with Orton, mainly because they've given away the match two times now. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> the past right. two Raws. Correct. The, the interesting thing is, this could have been an interesting feud. These two have really never feuded. They had one, like, pay- they had one pay-per-view match when Sheamus first won the title from John Cena, when he first won it back in 09. But other than that, they really haven't had a feud, a one-on-one feud with one another. So there was the potential for a good feud between these guys. But you've given away the match now twice, so I don't give a damn. <laughs> like, I just don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're hard to get me to uh, disagree with you on that point. I, I, but again, I think that part of it is because it involves Sheamus, and I just don't care about Sheamus. He's so uninteresting. And and if we're, nothing if, compelling if, if we're about assuming him. that the WWE knows what they're doing and realizes well, that, that's, a, that's, that's quite the jump. Which is which is why I think this isn't the end of the Money in the Bank saga. I don't know that Sheamus ends up cashing it in. I don't know that he ends up cashing it in either. And I do think it's important that you have other guys that don't end up cashing it in, um, so that you at least have some. There's, oh, no, no, no. I, I mean that. I, I don't know that he cashes it and loses. I don't know if That he, he ever ends up getting an opportunity to cash right, it in. I, I think right. there's a very real chance he loses it to somebody. Yeah. I mean, it might not be Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I hope it's not. I have no... Again, I just don't care. I just... The moment you tell me Sheamus is involved, the moment I say, hey, what else is on TV tonight? <laughs> the, well, women, the U.S. women doing anything this evening? Because <laughs> I feel like I might want to watch that. It's, I'm not interested in what Sheamus is doing on TV. All right, when we uh, come back in, the bigger story from the Money in the Bank match was who didn't win it. We'll talk about that guy, Roman Reigns, when we come back in. It's Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark and Aaron Oster. Over the years, thousands of people have asked the burning question. What makes Royal Farms world-famous chicken world-famous? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Is it Royal Farms' secret recipe? Is it because it's always fresh, never frozen? Or that it's cooked on the spot, right in the store? Absolutely. See? Mm-hmm. Told ya. But there's another big reason. Royal Farms buys bigger chickens, as much as 40% bigger than other chicken places. So when you buy Royal Farms' world-famous chicken, you get plumper, juicier pieces, more bites to the box, and more chicken for your money. Ooh! All right! Yeah! Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. It begins with bigger chickens and ends with what most people think is the best-tasting chicken in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Right now, get 10 of our always fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded chicken tenders for just $12.99 at Royal Farms. 
Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive, 410-676-5552. On the web, fcautomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Segment number two, it is Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster. We go around the world of the WWE and all of professional wrestling. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. And we extend our sort of first segment into uh, segment number two as we're continuing with the fallout from uh, Money in the Bank and from Raw this week. And uh, as we teased, we want to make sure we talk about the guy who didn't win the Money in the Bank ladder match on Sunday night that was maybe the biggest favorite in the history of favorites in the WWE, that, of course, being Roman Reigns. Uh, I see a lot on the Internet, Aaron, people saying that this is what happens, that when you have someone who's such a big favorite, you end up with the wrong winner because the WWE panics and says, we can't have that guy, the overwhelming well, but, but favorite But normally win. they do. That's the problem. It's just that you know, normally – the favorite is the favorite for a reason because the WWE doesn't go. But here's the thing. People always talk about, oh, WWE is too predictable, you know, not all that nonsense. This is what happens when they try to do the shock. Because I think part of this was they wanted to surprise people. And then you just have a shock that makes absolutely no sense right. and doesn't end up. Well, Roman Reigns with the briefcase is a much, right now, Roman Reigns with the briefcase is, is, is much more yeah. interesting than any other situation. And they got rid of it, I think, just to shock people. And, well, but they did it in the process where they set him up with his next feud, and right. it seems like it should be interesting. It just... It just uh, depends. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm starting... I'm starting slightly, very slightly, and I, I can already hear AJ yelling at mm-hmm. me. I'm a little concerned about Bray Wyatt. Just a little a bit. A little bit? 
Yeah. Oh, I'll be the one to say it. I've been concerned about Bray Wyatt for eight months. I, 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 I'm not even just talking about the booking. I'm talking about his whole presentation. I think I the, agree. The, the five minute winding promo. They, they have been pointless. They, they have, you know, we, we talked, we've talked about Dusty. Everyone's talked about yes. Dusty so much as we, during that promo on Raw. I just I heard his voice in my head. Where's the money? Yes. Where's the what money? What are you selling? I you know we we played the the hard times yeah. promo. We played all these where he repeats. He gets to the point quickly and he hammers it home over and over again. It doesn't take him four minutes to get to the point. I mean, are, what are what are you like? What what is the what are you doing anymore? I I have been re, the, the Bray Wyatt thing has been cons- the only thing relevant they've done with him was the Undertaker. That's it. It's the only moment of relevance that he's had in calendar 2015. Uh, calendar 2015, yeah, because, well, that's all what? he's done. I get it. He hasn't been around <laughs> that, for a good part of the year. Done. But that's the only relevance that he's had, and he was already starting to get stale going into calendar 2015. So so Bray Wyatt comes out, costs Roman Reigns the opportunity to win the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, right? So, like, for a moment, you say, oh, this is Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns in the ring together, two of the things that we most enjoyed 18 months ago. <laughs> Wow, you know, that's kind of awesome. And then you think about it again, and you're like, eh, it would have been really awesome 18 months ago. It's not quite as awesome in the summer of 2015. And I, I, it would be much more awesome to have Roman Reigns with the briefcase. It would be much more awesome to have an idea of what Roman Reigns is doing going towards SummerSlam. Because if, if this is going to be a battleground match that they turn into another match at SummerSlam, I'm just not, I think that's a waste of where you're going with Roman Reigns. And I just don't know how much it helps Bray Wyatt right now. I mean, especially if, if, if we're assuming Wyatt is going to lose here because they don't want to have Reigns lose. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean they're, they're putting Wyatt in a really bad situation right now. I just don't, I don't, I don't understand it other than I feel like you, you don't really know what to do with him. That he was awesome, and you get the cell phones out, and so people are into it in some way. It's sort of similar I, to the Ryback thing, right? We don't really know why people are into Ryback, but they are because they can chant Feed Me More or whatever. But at least the WWE then was just like, okay, they're chanting Feed Me More. Okay, face Ryback, go out there and get the pop. They're still having him be heel. You know, right. it, it goes back to what Jim Ross has been harping. You know, they're playing up Bray Wyatt as a face while fully acknowledging he's a heel. You know, every time Cole comes out, oh, look at his fireflies coming out here. Look how look how much these people love him. Oh. They're not supposed to love him. <laughs> like, wait a second, but you're telling me he's a bad guy. That makes no damn sense. It's we you know, AJ talks about, oh, you know, he's one of the top five heels. Is he really one of the top five heels? Well, the, like, the question is, is he really a heel? Is right. he really like he has he has so many there's so many things that you can't latch on to with him. You want to latch on to Wyatt. You know, when he does a good promo, it's a very good promo. You know, when he gets around to the point, it turns out, you know, that one minute turns out to be good when he finds his point. His in-ring work is fine. I enjoy his in-ring work. His character is great. You enjoy holding up your flashlight. You enjoy his music. You enjoy his entrance. It's just that none of those things fit together. You, you, you try to latch on to one thing. But the other things just aren't quite there. It's, it's just, it's so, you know he's a great performer. You know that there there has been something to his character. But it's just gone nowhere. There's been no development to it. There's been no point to it. There's been no, 
it, he had, at one point kind of started a cult, but then the cult disbanded. Right. Right. Like they're. But they're, now they've rebanded, but not under him. <laughs> it's the, the damnedest thing. He had. He was building to his cult. Right. He had two yeah. guys, then he oh, added Daniel Bryan, and yeah, it was great. He was building a cult, which works just as well as wins and losses. Yes. Right. Like yeah. having followers is 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 impactful in the WWE. Having guys that that align themselves with you. You can get over losing if you have guys that align with you. But when you lose and everybody runs away from you, yeah. what the hell do you have? Here's here's the biggest problem with Bray Wyatt, and it goes back to something that you've harped on time and time again, is that nothing Bray Wyatt does matters in the long run. It's he goes in he goes into a feud. He's in a feud with John Cena right. or whoever. That feud ends. He then goes on to you know, maybe he's gone for a month. He then goes into a feud with Jericho. That feud ends. He then goes into a feud with Dean Ambrose. That feud ends. And none of those feuds have anything to do with one another, and they don't build on one There's another. No payoff. Literally, what he does does not matter two months from now because he's in his own little bubble. He's not interacting with the rest of the WWE universe. And for the for all intents and purposes, when he's not on screen, he does not matter. In and the it's WWE. supposed to be shocking and amazing when he's there, but because he's never done anything that mattered, you can't be shocked or amazed by it. You're almost more annoyed by it now. Like, oh, great, Bray Wyatt's here. <sighs> okay. You know, like, so that's a thing that's happening now. Like, you're not really like, oh, man, ro-. oh, it's just lost its sting so much, and I don't think there's anything they can do with it. Now, I think they could have done something with it while he was gone to I, try I, to, I to repackage they, it. I, I think they can do something with it, but it involves him going on a decent, you know, I agree, winning, a, a, a decent winning streak. And or a hiatus to change the character somehow. But you're, you're not going to change the character. I'm not saying you completely change the character. You get rid of him doing the rocking chair or maybe, anything Maybe you like give that. him a new family, something like that. A new that. family? A new purpose? Yeah. What is your purpose now? And at least he finally, at least he, had, he said some motivation for, for going range. You know, he cost him... He wanted to be in the Money in the Bank match. He was going to be the the beacon of hope or whatever he said, which at least, you know, okay, there's finally a purpose. He's not randomly attacking you. But who are you the hope for? The, the, who? The little children who love him even though he's a heel. Wait. Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. It makes no sense. It just makes no damn sense. Don't ask for a lot. I don't care how much AJ's mad at me right now. F you, AJ. I'll beat you in a fight. Probably not. No. no. Uh, um, but, AJ will just sit on you. But damn it, man. Like, do something that makes any sense. And don't give me the, well, it's Bray Wyatt. It'll be awesome. Will it be? Like, will they work a good match? Yeah, yeah. probably they'll work a good match. Will the next five weeks be any good? I, I'm tuning in every Monday night. I want quality on my Monday nights, and I just don't. What are you selling me right now? Where's the money? Yeah, where? Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Where's the money? All right. Um, Kevin Owens, John Cena. Kevin Owens. Awesome. Still. Well, yeah, he's on. <clears throat> he is. And they put on a good match as we expected them to. Uh, I thought it was better than the first. I like, at least, you know, if you told me the first one was better, I wouldn't fault you for it. I think that it was, you know, instead of doing the how many finishers can we hit and then kick out of, it was right. more. Can we counter? What can we do here? It was, it was a little it was more, more technical. It was more technical, and it flowed a lot better. Okay. It wasn't just how many huge moves can Which we would, hit and you then expect those guys get the chance to work with each other a little bit more. You would right. expect them to put together a better match. Right. Um, a couple thoughts on this. One, 
this, of course, was everyone's fear that if you have Kevin Owens go over on John Cena, then then you have to give it right back because he's John Cena. And At that's the, the same way the time, world works. if you were going to do that, which you disagree with, you know, we honestly, I, I kind of forgot for a second that Cena won because of the way that Owens just I, left him laying. I, it was I, great. I hear you, right? But but obviously, the better decision would have been a no contest an, or, or an, something anything like that. that didn't involve John Cena right. having to even the score. I will say, I really enjoyed the the psychology behind the, you know, the the dick move of saying, "Oh yeah, now you're, you know, exactly what Kevin Owens said in the promo. Right. Oh yeah, now because you beat me, I have your respect. Great, because that is the the." You know, he's pointing out the flaw of John Cena right there. So for once, that whole thing paid off. Okay, but where's, again... Where is it going? Where is it going? That's the question. And again, you know, we don't know. We have to hope it's for the best because it seems like they really like Kevin Owens. They had him, you know, they had him do the thing with Machine Gun Kelly. that's the problem. Now, you've got him now in four or five different feuds. Well, he does, that's not a feud with Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, why else do you have him do it? What's the point of that? To put him over as the as, Uber a, heel. as an Uber heel, that's fine. But Machine Gun Kelly is a guy that you have show up a lot. It's no, you don't. He, he's shown he's, up. When's the last time he showed up? At, at WrestleMania. Three years ago. Was that three years ago? Yeah. It was uh, maybe twenty nine. It was either twenty eight or twenty nine. All right, I'll look it up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, twenty eight or twenty nine. It's not like Machine Gun Kelly's even there. You know, once okay, but, a year. but then what? Again, what's the who's coming to Machine Gun Kelly's rescue on Monday? John Cena. Why? Because uh, Machine Gun Kelly played John Cena out at WrestleMania 28 or 29. There's been way too much Machine Gun Kelly WWE. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> really, but it's quite the like. It's one thing when it's well, a guy. Twice, at least, I, I swear, at least Flo Rida is a little bit swear, relevant. Maybe three times he's been there. I think, but I think he's been there I mean, when he, they've been he, in Cleveland. And he, like, he might have been in the front row or something. Yeah, but I as think, far as I an feel actual, like I've seen a lot of Machine I, Gun Kelly. You might have. But, I mean, he's there. They're going to play up this relationship. Because he, he was saying, oh, you know, Cena, Machine Gun Kelly, we're the same people. I'm the John Cena of the rap community. You had Kevin Owens issue a public apology. Well, then, And I think that's where I think you could see. Let's say here they don't want it at Battleground. They want Owens Cena at SummerSlam. You now have the reason you say, "Oh, we can't let you compete for a month. We suspend you for a month." Mm, that's okay. the way, that's the way to get to okay, SummerSlam. But let's not forget, you still have these Finn Balor and Samoa Joe and, and things going on. And he takes care of that on NXT. So for whatever he gets suspended for Raw, and not from NXT. But that's the problem right now. <laughs> well, right. Well, to be fair, right now, they have very clearly – what happens on NXT doesn't necessarily matter on Raw and vice versa. They've made it two separate Right, ones. right, which is a little condescending when every night on, on Raw you're selling people on the WWE Network. Right. But, like, I mean, it, you know, it's two separate universes, fine. Cause, cause yeah, you have, I'm not going to give it fine. It's not fine to me. Well – because like triple triple h is a face down there because it's his baby I and triple but, h but you is can't a have deal. kevin owens show up one place as it's, it's with, with a belt it's from nxt and then I mean, maybe, like maybe you say you can't let him compete you say you can't let him compete and that fix it because he can show up on both but he can't be in the ring mm. it, it, it gets the the push there to SummerSlam because i can't imagine they're blowing this off at battleground that makes no sense I, I agree that it makes no sense except for you had this monumental moment with samoa joe and what are you doing with it well, they're wrestling on Wednesday night. On Wednesday, night, on Wednesday night. On NXT. And so you're just going to have Samoa Joe and, and Kevin Owens only exist on a- NXT? You're, until, you're, I mean, we don't we don't know what's going to happen with Joe. Joe might not show up to Raw until August. Okay. Would you have any problem with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens at, at SummerSlam? I'm talking about the night after SummerSlam. Oh, I'm saying right. he finishes off 
Cena, and he immediately goes into Joe if they want to do that. I think that's a long... Or, you you know, he, he does Joe at the next takeover. Because he's doing Balor. Balor's getting his okay, shot again, in Tokyo. Okay, and again, if that's the scenario, then you have it all exist within the confines okay. of NXT. Which, right. to me, doesn't make a ton well, of sense. But Joe only showed up. You, you say we had this huge moment. You had this huge moment on NXT. I hear ya. you. I mean, most, you know, as much as we talk about Joe... They still have to introduce him to the no, main you're, roster. You're right about that. I mean, you you, you, all, you can't say that. Oh my God, they have. But this then that maybe makes it doesn't make a, it. Maybe my point being, it doesn't make a ton of sense the way they had Joe show up for Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens is doing a hundred things at once. At some point, I think you're doing too much with Kevin well, Owens. Uh, yes, and I agree and with it, you. And it though. hurts the way that he has been a rock star to this point. That it, it hurts him. I, I that don't you're think having, it, I don't think it has hurt him yet. Though, not, because he's been able maybe to balance not yet. It. I think but he's been how able, long can you continue with that? He's been able to balance it. He's been able to keep those two feuds in NXT. He's been able to keep his focus on Cena on the main roster. And because there is that split there, it's felt natural for him to be able to do it. You know, he mentions it. It's not like it's completely, like, for example, he wears the Cena shirt out on NXT. Um, if you want to say that maybe it hurts the NXT feuds a little bit, that he's on the main roster, okay, I buy that. But as of now, it hasn't hurt. And if you're saying that, July 4th, he's getting the match with Finn Balor. He ends that feud with Balor, and then he moves on to Joe for the next month before the next uh, NXT TakeOver. It, it's very, it's a very logical play there. It, maybe, maybe. I still worry that it's a lot. I still worry that it's at some point he's got to lose to somebody, and how does that hurt him? Well, of and course. I mean, the, it's, it's, it's the concern that I've had since he beat Cena is, oh, my God, they're doing too much too fast right. with him and putting him in a position where... When he does lose, it's going to cripple him. I and and I I I worry that when he does lose, won't just be the one match to John Cena at Money in the Bank. That there will be more when he does lose, and, and in the coming months. And, and that's the thing. If he, I mean, if he loses to Cena, then the rest of it doesn't matter. He has to come out on top, of it, or else they haven't built a star. I agree. I agree. I agree. But but I think I think so far, I think what they did on Sunday and Monday with him really worked. Okay, okay. And, and, and I, you know, I was the guy who was concerned about it last week, and I'm still concerned. But as far as in the bubbles, what they did Sunday right. and Monday, and, it and worked. Your, and your picture being there's no match at Battleground. You, you yeah. push off the, the, fin- the finale of the three-game series until SummerSlam Correct. to make it more interesting. I, I, I think the one thing that they really have to do, and they have to do, Cena cannot come back next week and be perfectly fine. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Kevin Eck brought something up where... It, it really hurt you that you didn't t- teach Machine Gun Kelly how to sell. Well, that, did, did you see that on Twitter? Yeah. That, uh, that, that was really, he, he comes, he, he says, oh, you didn't do anything there. Right. He, that, he's like, oh, that, that's the best shot you this got. This devastating move that's wrecked John Cena, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, you just, honestly, if you're WWE, you hope people don't pick up on it. Like, well, like yeah. at this point, that point, that's all you can do. I, you're right. I guess that's all you can do. But you really should have had a conversation with Machine Gun Kelly. Like, look, dude, we're going to give you this moment. You can take a bump on, on Raw. That's a pretty freaking big deal for a lifelong WWE fan. But here's the way that it works. you got to sell for us yeah. now, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way you, that we you got to at least it. say, ow, I'm sore the next it day. It doesn't really <laughs> make sense that we're letting you perform music on our show because you ha- you are not relevant. You are it, not it, a it's, relevant it's musician. Does, does he even have a top, like, 40 hit? I think he may have had one at some well, point, he, but he, he certainly doesn't really have any right now. Amazing. He's the type of guy that I feel like would show up at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Like, they, they have Wally. 
as a huge fan, and they use Machine Gun Kelly. Well, but well. Wallace not really got a top 40 hit right now either. Well, not you know right I mean? now, like, but he's much bigger than Machine Gun Kelly. I think you're right about that, but I don't know who Machine Gun Kelly's fan base is. Maybe he's got some... Uh, I don't know. Anyway. In, in fairness, my buddy from all time low had the number one record in the country, and I don't know anybody that's a fan. That's not true. But I don't know anyway. a lot of people. Anyway. Um, um, so, uh, yeah. Quickly, cool. Yeah, nice. quickly the tag teams, primetime players. Surprised. But not, very nice moment. Just very surprised about it. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think it hurts you because, again, the primetime players are hot, too. And but the New Day were – They were so hot, yeah. and it takes away some of their sting. I get it. That's not going anywhere. Those guys are clearly going to continue against each other. And at this point, I don't think that anybody has a problem with that. I think no, that everybody's and, and, good and with. If you told me the New Day won it back at Battleground, sure. The only argument that people will make will be the idea that you want to have Harper and Rowan involved. I'm good with just seeing this. I'm good. Remember, what was so great when the Hardys and Edge and Christian like faced each other eight times in a oh, row. Yeah. I don't have any problem right the, now. The 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 tit the Terry Invitational, the Terry Invitational tournament. tournament, absolutely for Terry Runnell Services. Um, I, I have no problem with this. Continue to give me this, and I'm good because it's really good. Now, yeah. if it goes stale, and I don't know what I mean, my my one concern is, you're going to have them wrestle. You know, remember uh, when the Usos and Miz and Mizdow were facing, and either in singles matches or in tag matches or in six man tag or eight man tag, they literally faced each other every week for right. about. Nine oh you, weeks yeah, straight. I think I think you got to be careful with that. You <laughs> yeah. can't, you know, you you got to have a number one contenders you know, I, match. I, I enjoyed the, the new the day six man tag. The new day has to beat the the lucha dragons. You know, well what I mean? to like, be fair, they do get their rematch or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. I think that you have to mix it up a little bit. But no, I I agree that you can't just have you know various feuds filling in to be the random partners in a six man every week. Right, correct. I think that's 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 going to go stale really quickly. I, I, I did enjoy the primetime players swimming through the Neville smoke as they yeah, did their that entrance. Was that was that, that was just great. That was pretty good. And then uh, uh, lastly the Divas uh, situation Weird. I mean you, you want to say weird, but it's not no, so it's not, not for weird. what they've been doing, like, right? It, it is exactly what you the the whole thing okay, ignore the the Stupid dusty finish that you know some people liked it, some people hated it, whatever. What they did on Raw was so either they have a long term plan for this, or they really don't realize that they're making Paige look like the dumbest person on the planet. Correct. When when they had her, you know, doing that speech to the other divas about oh you know the Bellas don't give you a chance. What do you mean the Bellas don't give you a chance? You just had like three title matches Correct. in a row. Even if they've cheated. They're not really holding you down at all. You know, they do – it is legitimately making her sound like a whiny child. Correct. And then you have all of the heel divas or the quote-unquote heel divas making good points about how she turned on her partners <laughs> and how, you know, is this just because she lost and saying all these things. And then the Bellas come up and make some good points and it's just like, wait a second here. Are we supposed to be behind Paige? Are we supposed to be believing her? Or are we supposed to feel like she's stupid? Now, ideally what this is, and this has just been portrayed badly, is that this is Paige is desperate looking for an ally here, can't find an ally, and have to reach down to maybe Charlotte down in NXT and say, right. oh, I can't find anyone here in WWE who's willing to back me up, but my NXT girls, they'll give me my backup. And then we'll have Charlotte come on. Come which, up. which could be interesting. The problem which is could be it involves a level of foresight on the part of the WWE, Correct. and we just don't. And, and I'm, I'm just I'm very concerned because if, if that's not it, then they've just made Paige look really, really stupid over the past few weeks. Uh, correct. Yeah. Correct. And that might be it. It might be that that she's looking stupid. I hate the fact that that's probably the most likely scenario. But right. but, but you, you cross your fingers on this one. 
All right, let's um, let's grab a break here. When we come back in, uh, Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angel, will join us. Big weekend for Ring of Honor up in New York. Plus, we got to get to our quick count, three stories we haven't had a chance to talk about just yet, and our top five for the week. That's on the way. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, it's jobbing out. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Over the years, thousands of people have asked the burning question. What makes Royal Farms world-famous chicken world-famous? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Is it Royal Farms' secret recipe? Is it because it's always fresh, never frozen? Or that it's cooked on the spot, right in the store? Absolutely. See? Mm-hmm. Told ya. But there's another big reason. Royal Farms buys bigger chickens, as much as 40% bigger than other chicken places. So when you buy Royal Farms' world-famous chicken, you get plumper, juicier pieces, more bites to the box, and more chicken for your money. Ooh! All right! Yeah! Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. It begins with bigger chickens and ends with what most people think is the best-tasting chicken in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Right now, get 10 of our always fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded chicken tenders for just $12.99 at Royal Farms. Wrestling fans, it's time for Wrestle Crate. Wrestle Crate is a pro wrestling themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month and every crate contains a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those t-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter at WrestleCrates and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. Back in here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and we've got a fallen angel joining us in this segment. He is, of course, with Ring of Honor and Best in the World. It comes up this weekend on iPay-Per-View. You can go right now to ROHWrestling.com, find out more. 
He is the great Christopher Daniels, and he joins us here on Jobbing Out. Christopher, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's good to talk to you, man. It's good to be talked to. Um, I want to do a quick correction, though. It's not just iPay-Per-View. Uh, Best in the World is going to be available on broadcast pay-per-view, cable, satellite providers, Flips TV, ROHWrestling.com. It's almost as prevalent as the English language. In the world. Son there of a have. bitch. What a, what a, I did all that setup, and it was for nothing because I was an asshole. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not, not, not. Well, that's awesome, man. It, it's awesome, and it's awesome to see how well things are going right now for ROH. And, and clearly, in New York and pay-per-view, I know how big of a deal uh, Best in the World is. You guys got to be geeked up right now. Absolutely, man. I was fortunate enough to come back to the company last year for Best in the World. That was our re-debut. Um, and that was the first broadcast pay-per-view that Ring of Honor put on. And uh, for that to be my first show back and to see uh, all the guys in the locker room that had worked so hard to get to that position um, and, and just the, the feeling of, like, brotherhood and, and uh, you know, everybody on the same team working towards a, a common goal, it was just incredible. And now we're here we are a year later and just so much momentum with the company and all the positive things that have happened with, Destination America and the relationship with New Japan, and um, you know it's just—it's a good time to be a part of Ring of Honor's locker room, and I'm happy to be there. What was your reaction when you first heard about the Destination America move? Um, total surprise. Like it didn't—I never would have called that, and and it was a surprise to a lot of us, at least to me. I don't know how many uh, Ring of Honor, how many guys on the roster had an inkling that that was happening, but I, I had no idea. And um, I, I think that, you know, it's a, it's, to me it's a win-win situation for Ring of Honor because in addition to the syndicated markets that we already have, we're opening up to a lot of places that don't have access to us in, in syndication. And, like, for me, in, in terms of being on the West Coast and knowing that before then, there wasn't really a way for guys in Los Angeles to watch it. Uh, the closest syndicated market that I could think of was either Fresno or Bakersfield, which is way north of me, or Vegas. And so, you know, now West Coast folks that are fans of the Ring of Honor product can see it a lot easier. And, and that's just one of the many markets that, that Destination America opened us up to. Yeah, no doubt about that, which is it's phenomenal how many people are able to check it out now. Uh, Christopher, I know the big big storyline going into this this weekend is uh, what appears to be sort of the end of the run for Samoa Joe with Ring of Honor is... He's got a future ahead of him now with the WWE. For for a guy like you that's been around Joe for, for so long, to see how much he's blown up now and to be a part of this thing this weekend, how much does that mean to you? Uh, it means a ton, man. I I uh, I was one of the guys along with AJ that pushed really, really hard for him to get into TNA in the beginning and to see, you know, even before that when he was in Ring of Honor, I was around, I wasn't... Uh, you know, I didn't have the, the, the pull or the push or anything that, uh, you know, I, I had in TNA at that point. But, I mean, to see everything that he's done from being Ring of Honor World Champion to going into TNA to being one of the top homegrown guys in TNA and now to see that he's, you know, leaving TNA, going into an opportunity with WWE and NXT, uh, it's a big deal, man. And, and, and I'm thrilled for him, and it could happen to a nicer guy. You look at you, AJ, and Joe were, were kind of the three cornerstones of TNA in so many ways, especially, of course, the X Division. And now you have, of course, you're doing so well in Ring of Honor right now, one half of the world tag team champions of the world. <laughs> AJ's killing it over in New Japan. Joe's going over to WWE. How crazy is it to see that you guys took three separate paths but are still kind of killing it in the field of wrestling? 
Um, I just it's one of those things. Like my a friend of mine that started helped start me out, named Mike Moran. He was one of the Texas Hangmen. One of his credos was that talent is always going to rise to the top. Just a matter of staying focused and continuing to do your best work. And um, you know, you're going to battle your way up. So I mean, for myself and for Frankie, getting into Ring of Honor and and finally getting an opportunity to be the World Tag Team Champions of the World. For AJ to leave TNA, go to New Japan, and become one of the few guy gene wrestlers to hold the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and now with Joe uh, going into NXT, going into WWE, uh, with you know just the brightest of futures ahead of him. I mean, that's that shows it right there. Talent's going to rise to the top as long as you focus on just doing your best work every time you step into the ring. Do we know yet? Is that going to be uh, taped for television, or is that just going to be a special match for the fans in New York? I'm going to assume that it's going to be just for the live crowd, just because I would imagine that if he's signed a full-time contract, uh, which is the hubbub, and I haven't had a chance to speak to Joe personally about it yet, but if the hubbub is true that he signed a full-time contract, I'm sure that part of that provision is going to be that nothing that he does going forth is going to be for television. Um, but either way, man, just the opportunity, especially for the live crowd in New York, to see Joe's final ROH match and to see it with AJ by his side against me and Frankie, uh, it means a lot to me to have that match. Um, you know, we the four of us have been friends. We shared locker rooms for more than a decade, but this will be the first time that the four of us have ever been in the same match. So, I mean, this is a, a very big deal for me. And I plan on leaving it all in the ring uh, at the end of the night. That's so. so cool. That's so cool. He's Christopher Daniels. Again, best in the world Friday night live on pay-per-view, not just iPay-per-view, live on pay-per-view wherever you want to watch it uh, from New York City. Christopher Daniels joins us here on Jobbing Out. Uh, Christopher, an, an interesting question that Aaron and I have debated in the last few weeks, and now obviously they're far enough along in the process that it's not a concern, but... Were you hearing from guys in the locker room about, um, you know, the, the possibility of, of doing tough enough? And, and the younger guys in particular, a guy like yourself, clearly, you're, you know, you're established, you're doing what you're doing. But the young guys that are coming up, did you hear rumblings about it and sort of the risk, like, hey, should I consider doing this? Could it be my chance? And did you have to advise anybody about these types of things? Um, no one in the Ring of Honor locker room. I think the guys that were in Ring of Honor um, – you know, their their mentality was that they were in a good spot, they were in a good place, and they decided to, you know, put their best efforts into making Ring of Honor successful and making their name in the Ring of Honor system. Um, but I, I do know of a, a lot of guys on the independent scene that, uh, you know, asked me to, you know, sort of help publicize their videos. Um, you know, and my thought process is this, man, whatever path that is successful to get you where you need to be, um, you, you have to consider all options. And, I mean, it, it's it's something that, uh, you know, 10 years ago may not have been a, uh, available to everybody. But, I mean, if, if you're going to get this opportunity, um, for a lot of people it's a great it's a great chance to be seen, something that they may not have in, in another circumstance. And so, um, you know, the, the people that end up passing the, the test, I guess, and getting onto the – the list of people, that short list of people that are going to be seen on the actual television show, um, you know, this is their opportunity, and it's up to them now to, to make the best of that situation. Even the people that don't make it to the end, they're going to be seen, they're going to be looked at in a certain way, and so it's their opportunity to make the most of the situation, whether it means, uh, you know, impressing the WWE enough to 
get them hired or to be seen by enough people on the show that if they don't make it in, into WWE to be, uh, you know, brought into other places uh, to sort of enhance their independent name, whatever it is, this is their opportunity and they have to make that most of it. So, I mean, um, you know, the guys that decided to go all full bore with this situation, um, you know, that, that was their decision, you know, give that a chance and see where it takes them. I don't want to dwell too much on the past. Obviously, we, we mentioned TNA a little bit, and you know, you talked about you joined Ring of Honor a year ago. A year ago, you had, had to be at least a little bit bummed when uh, you had to go away from TNA. But looking back on it, looking at where TNA is now and where you guys are, was it almost kind of the best thing that could have happened to you at the time? Well, I, I honestly do think that it, it has worked out in my favor. But the truth of the matter is... Um, you know, my mentality has always been try to make the best of every situation. So, I mean, if TNA had come to me at the end of my contract and said, we're going to sign you for another year and this is what we're going to do, um, I, I, the odds are very good that I would have stayed because I, I'm never one to, to – I didn't want to look at it like I was giving up or, or quitting. I wanted to continue to fight the good fight even if I was, you know, fighting an uphill battle, which in hindsight I, I honestly was. But, um, you know, the way that it worked out, the way that, you know, they decided that they didn't want to continue a relationship with me, it ended up working out in my favor. Um, you know, I've, I've always had a good relationship with Ring of Honor, and, uh, you know, I was very fortunate that they not only gave me an opportunity to rejoin the company, but also to have Frankie, uh, as part of the act, to come in and, and be a part of the roster when there were so many other great tag teams that were already there. I mean, it was very fortunate for us to have that opportunity, and I feel like we've done a lot with it in that last year. So, I mean, yeah, definitely it has worked out in my favor, but, it, you know, it, it could have gone either way. Like, we, we don't know, you know, at that moment how things are going to go for yourself or for the company that you're trying to work for. And so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just very fortunate that it worked out in this favor for me. One more question about TNA. They just announced that uh, they're bringing back the very polarizing King of the Mountain match. I know the Fallen Angel never competed in, in, in one, but uh, Curry Man did. What's your thoughts on uh, that match? Um, well, I, I think it was one of the things that TNA tried to, to be different, tried to sort of, uh, to me, I always felt like it was a way they tried to replicate the success of Ultimate X. Like Ultimate X was, uh, a concept that they originated and it became very popular uh, in those early years you know there were a lot of great matches that were Ultimate X matches and I felt like King of the Mountain was another attempt to sort of replicate that success and like you said polarizing like a lot of people thought it was very confusing or very uh, you know convoluted um, but there were other people that enjoyed the matches um, you know there were a lot of great people that wrestled those matches and, and went through uh, you know those matches and had, you know, pretty, you know, popular. Some of them were very, you know, well-received by the fan base. But, um, you know, like, I, I just feel like it was something that wasn't as popular as Ultimate X. And so I think it's just another attempt for TNA to sort of try and make waves and make headlines by bringing something like that back and, and using it for anniversary coming out. All right, well, we have to uh, talk about it, and uh, I know it's not easy, and I saw what you uh, tweeted last week, and I, I just know how much he meant to everybody, literally in every promotion that's ever gotten into a squared, squared circle at any point in their life. But um, uh, we lost a great one in uh, Dusty Rhodes, and just your what he meant to you, your memories, any one particular story that you've been telling people this week? Well, 
Um, not one particular one. I mean, for my, for the path that I took going into wrestling, though, like it, it like Dusty was a part of my life, both as a fan and as a wrestler in so many ways. Like I grew up in North Carolina, and so when I the stuff, the first stuff that I watched wrestling wise was the Mid Atlantic Territory, the early NWA stuff, and so Dusty Rhodes was a figurehead there. Uh, you know, in the, the late 70s, early 80s, when I started watching, he was a man. And so, um, you know, watching him growing up and seeing him as a top guy, watching him win the NWA World Championship from Ric Flair, um, all the things that he did with, you know, Magnum T.A. and Nikita Koloff and and, uh, and and the Horsemen and Jim Cornette and the, the Midnight Express, like watching that as a fan and then getting the opportunity to work with him later in my career when I went to TNA and he was, you know, uh, running things there, um, he, again, the opportunity to be influenced by him and to uh, have him work directly with you in your career, I mean, it's, it's immeasurable how much effect that he had on my life. And I, I did tweet about the fact that he was the guy that decided to put me and AJ together for the first time in a TNA ring. Um, AJ and I had worked all over the independent scene. We'd done so much stuff in Ring of Honor and all across the United States, but we hadn't locked up in a TNA ring one-on-one until Dusty made that call, and that directly resulted into one of the, mes- the one of my favorite matches in TNA was the first uh, Iron Man match that we had in uh, 2005 um, the, against all odds pay-per-view, the February pay-per-view. Um, we did a 30-minute Iron Man match, and that was directly because of Dusty. Man, man. Um, so much has been made of his his career and his accomplishments, but I think the most touching thing has been hearing people tell just personally what what their relationships were like with him and the times they would take times he would take someone aside. And, and do you have a moment like that where you know he pulled you aside, said something to you, or just what can you tell us about Dusty the Man? Well. I don't really have a, a a single memory like that. I mean, I, I just know like um, him putting that stuff together with me and AJ, and, and giving us that opportunity to go out there. Um, like he saw something in myself and AJ. He saw the chemistry that we had, and um, saw the opportunity there to put some great matches on. And um, that whole sequence of the, the Iron Man match, and then me winning the championship, going all the way through to me losing it for the first time in the the three-way with Joe and AJ, um, you know, that was all directly influenced because of him. And, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity. There was, a, there was a, a mentality where he wanted to be, he wanted me when I was ex-division champion to sort of wrestle all of these different international stars. Like uh, he wanted me to try and uh, wrestle Jushin Liger, and it didn't work out. I ended up getting a chance to work Shocker on one of the pay-per-views. And I know he and Dust, uh, him and Scott Demore had a lot uh, to do with putting those together. And so, um, you know, that, that meant a lot to me that he saw something in me as a performer to, uh, you know, to be that champion, to go in there and defend against a lot of top talent. So, I mean, it meant a lot to me. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a man. What an impact. No doubt about that. Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, again, the best in the world, is this Friday night from New York City, ROHWrestling.com, if you want to find out more and what a special special night it's going to be christopher we really appreciate you taking the time for us this week man can we what can we plug for you website twitter instagram anything like that yeah man i mean uh 
Twitter is really the, the big way to follow me, um, at FAC Daniels. Uh, the website is fallenangelchristopherdaniels.com. Um, you know, I, I try and keep my schedule up to date on that website, uh, but you can always uh, find out what I'm doing through my Twitter. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. I mean, everything that's coming up for me, you'll find on one of those two uh, avenues. And um, you can always just keep an eye on Ring of Honor and uh, ROHwrestling.com for all the details about how uh, your favorite tag team, The Addiction, is doing. <laughs> the the uh, World Tag Team Champions of the World. No doubt about not redundant, that. Not redundant because we're two planets worth of great. That's just uh, <laughs> science. I, I didn't make the rules. It's just the way it is. The man with the rear that makes the girls cheer, which is just also from... scientifically proven. I didn't make that up. We had it tested at the Mayo Clinic. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yes. Do they can they can do they do that regularly? Can I just like walk into the Mayo Clinic and ask for a similar test? Yes, ask for the Schlitten style uh, test. Um, there's a there's a machine. They hook you up. Um, there's almost there's a there's like a focus group. The whole nine yards. <laughs> Hey man, this was awesome. Really appreciate you taking the time for us, and uh, and, and I'll say go get them this weekend. But really enjoy it. It's going to be a special Friday night in New York City. Uh, in, enjoy it, man, and we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate you having me on. Great stuff with uh, Christopher Daniels. Appreciate him hopping on with us this week on Jobbing Out. And again, uh, Friday night, the big event in uh, New York, the best in the world. And let's just jump into the uh, quick count, Aaron. As uh, we, our third and final segment is brought to you by WrestleCrate here. And I know this is uh, now a new thing that we do weekly during the quick the count. Non, the non-WWE. Yeah, the non-WWE topic. And so beyond what we know about Christopher Daniels, uh, what are we expecting at the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view Friday night? Uh, the main event is a match that's been building for, I want to say, almost a year now. It's Jay Briscoe, the champion, against the television champion Jay Lethal. Um, Lethal over the past... God, I, I want to say it's almost been a year. If it hasn't been a year, it's been at least like nine months where Lethal has been saying, I'm the TV champion. I'm the real champion here in Ring of Honor. No one can tell me otherwise. I am a better champion than Michael Elgin. I'm a better champion than Jay Briscoe. We're finally having the champion versus champion match, uh, Briscoe versus Lethal. Lethal might be the best thing in wrestling right now. He's fantastic. He's taken this heel persona so well, this old-school, flair-like heel persona. He has the House of Truth behind him. He's great, and uh, it, sh- it should be a great match. And if they put the belt on Jay Lethal, I would have absolutely no problem with it, and I think he deserves the belt. Okay, okay. Uh, you also, uh, the match I think most people are looking forward to most, it's a six-man tag match with the Bullet Club, represented by AJ Styles and the Young Bucks, against the Kingdom, Adam Cole, Michael Bennett, Matt Taven. Um these guys, all six of these guys are great. This is going to be a, I mean, the only question is, is it going to be a five-star match or just a four-and-a-half because it gets too spot-festy? <laughs> but um, these guys have been dancing around each other for a while. When I saw that uh, New Japan Ring of Honor show, you had Bennett and Taven against the Young Bucks, against the Addiction in a three-way. Meanwhile, you had Cole versus AJ in another match. Sorry. And then someone's giving me directions. Yeah, the best right. In the that world. was real weird. Um, it, it's just going to be a great match. It's going to be every Internet fan's dream match there. Uh, it should be fantastic. Yeah, number one contenders match between uh, our buddy Moose. Yeah. And, uh, Moose. Moose. Uh, Michael Elgin, Roderick Strong again. Roderick Strong right now, you know, you don't think of him because he's not a WWE guy, but if you just, like, look at a body of 
just every organization, might be the wrestler of the year right now in 2015. Okay. He's put on so many good matches, both for Ring of Honor and, and especially in the Ring of Honor New Japan series. He had the match of the night both nights in Philly. From what I heard, I only saw one, which was the match of the night. And he's had some other great matches across the indie scene. Uh, so he's fantastic. He's always been fantastic, and that match should be pretty good, though I'm not a fan of Elgin at all. Uh, and then uh, some other just fun matches throughout there. Dalton Castle versus Silas Young. Dalton Castle is kind of – remember that name because he's going to be not a WWE guy, but he's going to be that next really popular indie guy, sort of like El Generico was where you knew the name because of the fun gimmick. Dalton Castle's a trip. Dalton Castle's ridiculous. And uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, War Machine against CNC Wrestle Factory should be fun. Just and all in all, it's a really good pay per view. And I would, I'd probably, if I'm not going to the Maryland Championship Wrestling show, which I probably will. Oh, it is Ladies' Night, right? It is Ladies' Night over at Maryland Championship Foley. Wrestling. But um, I will be watching that if I'm not over in Glen Burnie. But if I am in Glen Burnie, I'll probably watch it the next day. Very cool. Very cool. All right, there you go. That's Best in the World Friday Night on not just iPay Per View, as I learned from uh, Christopher Daniels, but on pay-per-view in general, which is uh, awesome for the guys in Ring of Honor. All right, the second thing we want to touch on, uh, we taped the show this week on Wednesday. Wednesday was the day of the funeral for Dusty Rhodes. There's a couple of things, as as we sort of recap, it, again, when we taped episode 14, it was so fresh, and the, the fallout from the passing of Dusty Rhodes um, has sort of played out over the course of the last week, and it's for the most part been beautiful. The, let, let, let's just talk about those WWE yeah, tributes. They were so perfect. They, they were they were awesome. I, I I I guess it's still disappointing that we haven't had the boys. Well, but you can't. You I, know. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like that you would have loved the scenario where they could have been there on if, even if you do the thing on Sunday night and then on Monday you have the boys there, right? Like. I understand that they've got family to attend to, and they've got right. things. They, they've that, got far bigger things to worry they've about. They've got than things that they're doing, and I certainly understand that. However, I guess maybe I was even a little bit surprised they didn't say, "Hey, look, you know, it, it, Dusty would have taught us is this matters. We got to go do it." I only worry that you don't see them until, unfortunately. Well, Goldust probably won't be seen until a while but, because but, he's injured. I, but I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. Right? It doesn't have to be that way. I think the big question is. What happens with Cody? Do we see Stardust? Do we right. see Cody? Right. And I, I mean, I assume he comes back next Monday. I assume so, too. I assume so, because I still think that's important. And I, like I said, I just hope that it's not a couple of months to the point where it almost feels forced and kind of contrived. If they wait two months and try to do a storyline with Cody and, and dealing with his father's death, Ugh. No, they, I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I like think that if, at all. If they are, and I think there, there's going to be a question as, should they do this, should they... I think that's always a question. You know, I, I, and I think there's compelling arguments for both sides. Well, I, I don't think it's yeah. an easy answer. I don't think it's just as simple as saying, uh, well, this is the way that you do it. But yeah, I, I thought that the, the three-minute video was... And they've amazing. always, they've always, always been great with well. their video packages, and it's one of the things they do best. I, I think one of the sadder things, and I remember I, I saw a couple people write about it. I think Brandon Stroud was one of them who said... Unfortunately, they have far too much experience in this right. department. Yeah. That that one thing that they know how to do really well is Put give a quick a turnaround on a tribute to a wrestler because, sadly, they've had so many of these happen in the last few years. But, again, tragic because we did not expect it. Not quite as tragic as some of the ones they've dealt with where you're right. talking about someone who's in their, their 30s 30 or their 40. 40s right. Correct. who had passed away. This is someone who is approaching 70 years old. And... Um I, and I thought that their their 50 minute tribute after the celebrating the dream I thought that was great as well I, I liked how 
you know, if there was a slight criticism, and, and I completely understand, is that, you know, you saw one tiny clip of him wrestling in that three-minute right. video. Like, if you were to nitpick at all, that would be right. the one nah, thing. But, where, I, but and, and I get it, because he is no, he's, you know, out of all the things he's known for, wrestling is like fifth on the list, as good of a wrestler oh, correct. as he was. And, I mean, I'm just, you know, we're getting, we're seeing um, some pictures pop up his, of his funeral, which happened today in Tampa, and, and the list of people, I mean, this just shows how many people he touched. I'm, I'm just going to read you this list, and it's a partial list. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the boys were there. Uh, the Rock's mom, Atta, was there. Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, Mark Henry, Neville, Tyson Kidd, Natalia, Booker T, Charmel, Eva Marie, Paige, Titus, Biggie, Brie, Bella, and Daniel Bryan. Then you get Dory Funk, Hector Guerrero, Dean Ambrose, Renee Young, Brian Nobbs. It was... He touched everybody. He, yeah. You know, yeah. we, we, it's, it's, we saw it with Christopher Daniels. I don't know if there's a single person in this business who that wasn't has in some way, in some way influenced yeah. by him. It's yeah. amazing. No, it's incredible. A couple things real quick, and, and I'll go with the, the negative one and then the positive one. TMZ released the, um, the audio of the 911 call for his wife, and it's been met with sharp criticism by a lot of people in a lot of worlds. This is always very tricky. Because it's it's the argument of news value versus exploitation of death, and unfortunately there isn't an answer. And it's more difficult with with TMZ because we don't think of them still as journalists, despite the fact that they break as much news right, as anybody. They are they are doing some level. It's it's not we're not comfortable with whatever journalism they're doing, but there is some level of journalism. I mean, you can make the case they have the best investigative journalism. Uh, you can, you can in the certainly world. make that case. There's no doubt about that. Um, did they need to share the audio? No, but do they have an obligation to not share the audio? I, I don't think. I mean, that unless you're complaining about every person that they share the 911 calls of, it, it's hard to get too worked up about it. You know, I was the one who was always slightly uncomfortable, unless there was a genuine newsworthiness yeah, of we, it. We wouldn't play the audio on this show. We wouldn't play the... But, I mean, it's one thing if they played the audio because it was to show that, uh, you know, the cops... Act, the, the, the ambulance acted right. wrong or something like that. But, you know, there's the criticism that the, the dispatcher wasn't uh, polite enough or whatever. But there was real no story there. There was really very there was little no, story. But I don't know that... I think that, that public records releases are very common. Yeah. And I don't know that every time a 911 right. call has been released, there's been a story. No, and, to and it. that's the thing. I, I think that 911 call releases are very common yeah. in journalism. And and since it is, it's hard to complain about this one. Yeah, and, that, and that's sort of my point, and, which yeah. is. I, if you here's what I would say: If you're not comfortable with it, don't listen. Don't listen to it. Right. Don't go to the website. Don't Correct. give them a click. It, don't do any of that it stuff. It is clickbait, but you know what? That's part of their job. It, it's a fact of life. That's part of their job. Correct. And and it's it's a, a Freedom of Information Act thing. It's they have the right to do it, and it's not their obligation necessarily to do what's best for the Rhodes family or something like that. Right. So my my you know again, if you don't like it, I would just encourage you: don't share it. Don't talk about it. Right. Don't, don't, don't link it. it. Don't do any of that right. stuff. Don't go to social media and say, just act as though it doesn't exist. That's always the best thing that you can do in this circumstance because it's the best way for it to not exist right. is for you to not make it exist. The only other thought about uh, Dusty is, uh, and uh, you said the Blue Meanie tweeted about it. I saw Lance Storm tweet about this. I, a lot of people have discussed this possibility of the WWE renaming the Performance Center 
um, in in the Florida, Dusty Rhodes Performance the Center. or I I, I think or uh, the Dream the Dream the American Dream Performance Center, uh, the Dream which, Performance whichever Center. Whichever way they go, it, it makes too much sense. They have to right. do it. They have right. to do it. There's not you know it's not like this is the Warrior dying and them doing it because they they want to exploit the fact that he died and make it look good. This guy. The impact was I mean, significant. Even, be, even before NXT, before they moved into it, he was Florida Championship Wrestling right. when that's right. what their developmental system was there. He has, other than maybe Triple H, he has had more to do with the developmental, the performance center and the developmental system than any other person on the planet. Other than maybe, okay, Bill DeMott would be the other person. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. So You're 100% right. So, yes, this makes all the sense in the world. This I, isn't and I kind of like the, the Dream Performance Center because it's, you know, it, it yeah. plays beyond just right. it being Dusty Rhodes, right? Which right. is, you're coming here to chase a dream. Chase a dream. Right? Like, this better be, yeah. It accomplishes a couple of things right. if you do it that way. I really kind of like that. That was, I got that one from Lance Storm and I was like, wow. Yeah. That's it makes, almost it makes perfect, too much sense. right? Like, yeah. you have to do that at some point. Yeah. All right, and then finally for the quick count. Um, well, there's two more things that we only went through. No, we did. Uh, we did oh, the, right, the right. Ring of Honor pay per view. We did the right. Dusty Rhodes thing. Okay. Well, you uh, you do want to comment on, on Tyson very, Kidd being very, out for the very year? Very briefly, we, we you know we heard that Tyson Kidd in that dark match with Samoa Joe had uh, some sort of injury, and it appears that it's a neck or spine injury. That sucks. And he, he's going to be out for a year. I mean, the, the person that almost sucked it's the most were in addition to obviously Tyson Kidd, who was finally right. getting his push up for so many years. You know, it sucks for Cesaro. Well, because he finally found something. Yeah, he found right. something. and Well, I, it it's sucks for Tyson bummer. because he's been pursuing this for so long, and it's been so futile. And finally, yeah. finally for him, at least Cesaro has had moments where he's mattered. Tyson's been a, a nothing player for right. too far too long. He finally gets this thing that works. It works for him. It certainly brings out the best in him. Yeah. And it sucks for this to happen now yep. when he's finally, after all of these years, yep. put in a position for him to succeed. I, I'd like to hope that they don't abandon Cesaro because that would suck because he's been... So supposedly he's going to be at least on SmackDown, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll just leave it there. And, and it will be a high-profile match. Okay. It just may not be necessarily what people... And it's not like he's going into a storyline. And I really, really hope that they... they somebody finally... Re- Everybody else in the world can see what a talent that dude is. Yep. And yet, for some reason, it just has not. I mean, one of the problems is that it comes out most when he's in a tag team. And, and it always has, even and, on the indie and, circuit. And that's fine. I'm sure. Hey, by the way, how's put, Damon put, Sandow doing put, right put, now? Put Jack Swagger back. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I, they're so tapped out on Swagger. Yeah. Nobody really was ever compelled by anything with Jack Swagger. I, I, but Damon, team, except for that tag team. I don't know that they were even compelled by it. was just sort of like we were compelled by Zeb Coulter. And we like Cesaro, and Swagger sort of came along with it, right? Right. right. I'm telling you, what, what would be wrong with Cesaro and Sandow working together? Two guys yeah. we've always liked yeah. in everything they've done. Yeah. They've never figured out a good way to use them. Instead, they give them shit. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, the problem is, can you kill, like, what do you do? How do you make... How do you force it? Right, it's how, not how easy. Do you, how do you put Sandow with Cesaro? Well, I, Unless you do an odd couple thing. I don't know I guess if you got to be an odd couple. I think you could make both of them... Um, just frustrated kind of guys? Or? or I think you could go back to the route of the Road Scholars. I think you could have them both be, you know, Cesaro speaks a million languages. I think you could have them both be um, uh, uh, better than thou type of performers. I think that there would right. be something that could work there. All right. And then quickly, uh, Tough Enough. Tough Enough was great. Uh, I watched the the first, the, the competition special that they had on the network where they cut the 40 down to 13. Um 
first things first, our guy, our local guy, Patrick Clark, right. in Championship Wrestling, made the 13. And it's awesome. He was actually, he was one of the guys who they really spent a good amount of time on. He wasn't the, the main feature guy, actually the main feature guy, which, uh. Oh, everybody's in love. The, the, the story. What's the, the story? I didn't get to see this, but everybody kept talking about well, there's somebody whose story is amazing. Well, there's, there's a former, a veteran of, of the Middle East, okay. of, um, you know, a soldier. He was wrestling with one leg. And he had, like, the, the Oscar Pistorius thing for yeah. his other leg. And he just it, – it ended up happening that his body kind of gave out on him because, you know, all the rolls and stuff, it was grinding up into his hip or, Ugh. you know, or the joints or whatever. And just – it was too physically painful. But that was that was the big story of it, this guy who kept going on and on no matter what, wrestling with one leg and doing better than, you know, at least 20 of the 40 wow. other people – uh, it was a great story. And, but they had a couple other guys, this, this Cajun alligator wrestler. Like, literally, his job is alligator wrestling. Well, I'm – yeah. can and, we do that on TV? Because I would watch. And, and, and he has a Cajun accent, and he made the final 13. Uh, he was, he was one of the guys yeah. that they featured. Um, but our, our guy, Patrick Clark, was one. There were a couple of this Brazilian chick who's clearly – they're setting her up to be the villain okay. of the show because she's a very opinionated, loudmouth. Okay. One, one of the um, – it was like the senior vice president in charge of something or other. She was like John Laurinaitis. No, 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 no. Like uh, in, in charge of I don't know if it was publicity or really okay. something like that. But you, you went to her backstage. She's like, I just think this this girl's a bitch. So wow. clearly they're setting, All right. All setting right. her up. Um, it should be. I mean, the cast seems to have some characters in it. My one concern, I'm afraid that Jericho is going to be too game showy with it. Like the first he comes in and. He does the thing like he has um, two people who are way like one of them's going to get the spot, one of them's not, and he's saying, you know, stands in front of one, you're tough enough, whatever this person is to the right of you is like he's, he's facing the one person and he says you're tough enough, and then turns to the next person, like they're doing too much of that. Yeah, Austin, I don't care for that. Austin was perfect with the you know I'm just going to berate you, I'm right. just going to do stuff. Um, when does it start on USA? Next week, I think. Next week. Okay. Next week. Th- this was the cut down to 13, and then next week is the thing. But it should be an entertaining season, and obviously we're rooting for our guy, Patrick. No Clark. doubt. No doubt. Go get him. All right. Very good. Now, our top five as we wrap things up for the week. Um, we are, you know, only two months, not even two months. What, what weekend is, is SummerSlam? It's about two months. It's about two months. We're about two months out from SummerSlam. And I realized that it's wide open. Like, we don't have anything that we know with certainty is happening at SummerSlam. We think a couple of things might be happening, but we have nothing that we know with certainty. Two months out is happening at SummerSlam. We assume there's one. There's one that we can assume. You're saying that, and that's fine. It might happen at Battleground. You're right. That's the point, right? Like, we we don't – there's nothing that we can say definitely is coming at SummerSlam right now. And I like that because it gives an opportunity to do some fantasy booking. So these, what we want to do this week, top five matches that right now, we we don't get to rewrite anything that's happened so far. We inherit everything that WWE has done. And yet on on this, this weekend, we're put in charge now of booking for SummerSlam. We have to deal with whatever's been set up at this point for, for Battleground, but we can screw with anything that hasn't been set up right. yet for Battleground. We inherit everything until today and we now have to set things up leading into SummerSlam. They'll do the writing for how to get there. We tell them this is the ultimate goal Correct. for SummerSlam. So five matches we would book if we were in charge right now going into SummerSlam. 
Um, Aaron, do you want to start this week? I think I started last week. Yeah, I'll, I'll start this week. Uh, this one's pretty basic, and it's something that very well might happen, but it's something I'd be interested in seeing. I'd like to see a triple threat for the tag team titles between uh, the primetime players, the New Day, and Harper and Rowan. I think that those three teams have a big contrast in styles. I think they'll all work well together. And I, I'd just like to see the three of them in the ring together. And it makes yeah. sense for SummerSlam. Yeah, I'll get I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Right. It's not there for me. Uh, my number five you sold me on, which is the idea of – and I don't give you credit for a lot because normally I think all of your ideas are terrible and that you're a, an, a wretched person. AJ and I usually agree on everything, and we, we just think that you're the worst, right? That's normally the way right, the show much, goes. Pretty much. Um, I actually am kind of okay with Cena Owens 3 being at SummerSlam. I, I, don't, I don't really want more of Cena Owens, but – it would make sense. It would have a big fight feel. It, I, I need it to end the right way, but it would be very logical for them to do the thing where they give Owens the month off. It would actually be a good play, so I'll make my number five. Because you've already introduced it, I make it my number five. But Cena Owens three coming at SummerSlam would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I had it higher on the list, but I'll just make it my four. Is, yeah, I, Owens Cena. Okay, it that's makes, your four. It, it makes too much sense right now, and there's no other logical opponent for either of them at SummerSlam unless you did – you know, Owens winning the title at Battleground and then having Joe Owens at SummerSlam for the U.S. title. But you're not going to do that because Cena's not going to be completely out of that picture at SummerSlam. Yeah, don't so. buy that. And what else? Right. Yeah, so so that that's the best scenario I can come up for with both of them. Okay, so, so you're making it your number four. So I'm going to give you my four and three because the tag titles are my number three. But that, to me, is just more New Day primetime players. But it becomes the blow-off. That, that num- that we, there's an agreement going into SummerSlam. This is it. This is the final time that we've built up to this. And I don't know, you know do you make that a, a no disqualification? What do you do to make it? But you make that the absolute blow-off to the primetime players and the New Day. But you use the next you know, ten weeks, the next nine weeks, whatever it is, to continue to sell it. And if you change the titles again one more time in the process, I'm I'm okay with that. Right now, I can't get enough of those two tag teams. They're so good that I don't need Harper and Rowan in it right now. It's sort of my I, – I like Harper and Rowan, but what I'm getting right now is so good that I almost don't want to ruin the dynamic. Yeah, I mean the only pr- – the reason I put in Harper and Rowan is that assuming we have primetime players New Day at Battleground, right, which they, is logical. It's We're a talking lot. about that would have been the th- – third or fourth straight, especially if you include if the you Elimination include the chamber, chamber, we're right. talking about the fifth straight right. uh, match between those two. But again, as I said, Edge and Christian and the Hardys did it for, for eight, it was, it was a best they, of seven, but it was but like eight straight it, matches. And, and they did on Raw a little bit, and you know, I just, I don't think we can stretch it out to SummerSlam just having I think it's two. difficult. I think it's difficult, but I think it can be done because they're both performing and at I, high level. I, I guess here's the, the one reason to say is that you could have different guys in the New Day wrestle every time. You can employ them. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. you got a lot you, to do. You, that. You right. Could, yeah. You have three guys. All right. My number f- my number four is, um, is sort of off the beaten path, and it's a guy that I love that has gone stale again, and that sucks – because they've made a, a career for him out of going stale and having nothing to do with him. Um, I, at Battleground, turned off Ziggler heel, and I have him go after Ryback. And Ziggler Ryback is my number four. Okay. I'm, I'm so frustrated that you can't do anything with Dolph Ziggler. It pisses me off so greatly. And it makes no goddamn sense that in that scenario that Dolph Ziggler would be a heel and that Ryback would be a face. I cannot in my life, understand how that could be the case. But it would be the only way that it makes sense, and it'd be something that you can do that would be relevant with Dolph Ziggler, and otherwise, right now, what are you doing that's relevant with Dolph Ziggler? Um, 
I have a similar thought process to okay. my number three that it is going to be for the Intercontinental title. I'm doing completely separate, different uh, competitors, though. I have the, the Miz winning the IC title okay. at Battleground. And Neville? Wow, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel like they need to do something with Neville. So I hear you. Something relevant. I hear so you. So Miz versus Neville, I think, A, it would be a fun match. I think they could build that properly. I think Miz just right. making fun of Neville for a few weeks could, could be very, very good. And uh, I think they'd put on a fun match. You got to get nasty, Miz. You know what I mean? Like you got to oh, yeah, get. You know, you have to make fun of the accent. You may have to make right. fun of the look. You have to make fun of everything. And, and Neville is a good target for Miz too. Right. Right. Um, I think that would just be a good match. All right. Uh, give me your number two. Uh, my number two. It's something that we talked about at the very beginning of the show. I want Lesnar, Sheamus. Yeah, I know I, you don't. I hate it. I, I know you don't. I want it. I, I don't really even not want it. I think it's. I. I would. Be, I love I, that. Match. I love the idea of that match. Look, I bitch about a lot of things. I might quit the show. If I get Lesnar Sheamus, I want Lesnar Sheamus. Part of the card, I, I think, gets served up to the worst character. I, I don't care if it's the wor- worst character. I want that match so badly. Ugh. I really Ugh. want that. I just want twelve minutes of two of the most tune, athletic hosses. Tune in, in, for, in for Aaron and AJ previewing. Oh, I, I'm okay like, with that. This is something where I will agree with AJ 100. I want that match. All right, my, I'm celebrating. My number two actually does involve uh, Sheamus, but I think it's better. I think it's a better storyline for both these guys. I think that when we talk about somebody that needs help, I think that you could put the uh, briefcase on the line in a match that would make a lot of sense. Who would that be, Aaron? Dean Ambrose. No. 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 He does. I don't think he needs help right now. I think he's good. Think about something that needs help. I mean, there needs are plenty some, of people who think need about help. something that we are just we talked about already in the show that needs something. Our truth. Well, I mean, yeah. you know what? Now <laughs> I regret that it's not our truth because I'm always for more our truth. No. Bray Wyatt. Yep. Yeah. Of course. Wait, wait. You're having Seamus Wyatt. Seamus Wyatt. Yeah, are you having Wyatt go face, or are you just kind of? I would have Wyatt go face. Okay. Absolutely. I have okay. Wyatt go face. And I would have him get the briefcase, and and he again is much more interesting with the briefcase to me. It gives some development to his character, which would make sense. Finally, it would be something that mattered for Bray Wyatt. Uh, whereas again, it just none of this makes sense to me with Sheamus, and I think that would be a very logical play for both of them. And that leads to our number one. You know, I, I guess I know what your number one you is. You know what my number one, or you you probably could guess. And it's, it's something that you're not going to be too happy with. But because of the way that I booked, because I want Lesnar to be in that match right. with Sheamus, I feel it's the best thing they can do in this situation. And it's the safest play for them. And it's to have the, the final, like, at the Shield. Right, the threat. Shield and Triple Threat, right. You know, we... we uh, ideally, you want it at WrestleMania. Yep. I'm concerned if you can get there at this point. I, I, we've talked about this a lot. You run a lot of risks if you try to play it off that way. I... I would not I, – I, I would, admittedly, if it happens, I will be okay with it. I will be okay with it only because I'm realistic enough to understand why you fear holding it out to WrestleMania. Now, I don't want it that way. I, that's a WrestleMania match. That needs to be a WrestleMania match. But I, I get why you would do it at SummerSlam. Yeah. I got one scenario that I'm going to present to you that I think could be better. And it would, it would help build towards the ultimate shield triple threat at WrestleMania. Go ahead. Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus so the triple threat plus Lesnar. It would, but it would be more the Shield, Shield versus, versus Brock, Brock Lesnar because it would be yeah, more yes. a scenario where Seth Rollins continues yeah. to sort of go face, and they don't really reunite, yeah. but they kind of all three agree to work together for one night because they accept that none of them really individually are capable of beating Brock Lesnar, but. 
you know, like the, the Roman does a thing to Seth where he says, well, the only way that you were able to beat Brock is because I was right. there and I sought right. them up. And that the three of them sort of come to some working agreement for one match. Right. We, we go at it, may the best man win, but we work but, to neutralize. But it's not going to be Lesnar. Correct. Whatever happens right. at the end of the match, Lesnar does not come out I, of the I match. Mean, the, 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 only, the only reason I'd be real hesitant for that is that we got the four-way involving the shield back in with, with Randy Orton. Right, it was with Randy, and, and this makes a lot more sense, but I'm just right. worried if you do this twice... You know, I, but I think you almost book it. I almost believe that you're booking it kind of as the Shield versus so Brock Lesnar. You have more as a handicap match, then. right? Yeah, you, you you'd have to do it completely different than the way I, you're not you're not having them three of them come out the same entrance music, right? You know, like you're introducing all three of them individually, and, and, and it's always kind of the. Uh, yeah, we're together. We're, we're but not going to shake your there's, hand. There's a lot of side eye stuff. But, but yeah, but we understand your thought process, and it has to be Rollins to be the one to present. It. Agreed, yes. 100% agreed. But I think yeah. to me, that's the one way that you could use all of yep. these people in an interesting capacity at SummerSlam. That wouldn't be the same thing that we've seen before. That would continue to make the three Shield guys very interesting, their relationships yeah. interesting, and continue to build to the ultimate match that we want, which is the three of them against each other at WrestleMania. I got so there you go. All right, there you go. That's our top five for the Good week, times. and that's our show. Thanks to Christopher Daniels for checking in from Ring of Honor. Check out the best in the world this Friday night on Pay Per View. Thanks always to WrestleCrate for making yes. the show happen. We love them. Uh, make sure you get to WrestleCrate.com. And again, Aaron, the code is? J-O sent me. J-O sent me. You get 10% off your monthly subscription through WrestleCrate. Um, plug your what's coming up, uh, Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone, social media. Yeah, Rolling Stone. I just put out an interview with uh, the head with Jeff Jarrett. He talks about uh, Global Force Wrestling, which uh, we actually didn't get to talk about much on this show. And maybe we'll save it for the next show. But they started their shows this uh, past weekend. Interesting start, but I, I got to talk to him, and he tells me some of the, his vision. Cool. Dodged a lot of questions, oh, but really? uh, also pulled back a little bit more. Okay, so cool. That, that's always good. Check that out on Rolling Stone. RollingStone.com to find that. You're on Twitter where? The Aoster. At The Aoster. You can find me at Glenn Clark Radio. And what's our email if people have any questions? Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. If you have... You know, eventually we're hoping we can do mailbag, we can yeah, do question it, of the week. There's a lot of things. things. Well, so like Brandon and Parkville wanted us to talk about the Ring of Honor pay-per-view this week. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I saw that you responded and said we're definitely going to talk about that. We'll yep. get it in. I, I'd love, if you have anything that you say. And here's the thing. It, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, what do you think of this show? Right. Or what do you think? If you want to say, you know, what's, you know, some goofy kayfabe scenario. Like, why is... Top five topics yeah. are great, you know. Oh, we, yeah. Top five topics we, we are great. We love some top five topics. If you want to ask us what our favorite stupid match of the 90s was, that's great. Oh, yeah. we, want, we want all that stuff. Yep, absolutely. Jobbing out if, show. If you want to ask how the, the sound guy knows to play music when a guy comes out of the crowd, <laughs> I, I'd love to answer that question, too. Jobbing out show at gmail.com to get your questions in. Have a uh, great week. Enjoy the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Friday night. Enjoy MCW Ladies' Night on uh, Friday night as well. We will talk to you next week. For uh, Aaron Oster, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.